podcast. I'm Kyle, joined by my brother Keenan, joined by Camden Dennis. Camden, what's good? good Keenan, how you doing? I'm great. I'm great. We got a loaded basketball podcast today. Plenty of questions, plenty of topics. Uh, Keenan, you had a question to start. I know you're uh, <laughs> you're over there chewing on some sweet tart chews. <laughs> you said prior before, before we got on. Shouts to Sweet Tarts, shouts to Willy Wonka, all that. Absolutely. Uh, you said you We're had a question. Spon- nope, not a featured sponsor podcast, so it's okay. Yeah, yeah right? Rather. We might have to censor that. We might have to censor that when we, when we <laughs> yep. put this shit through. I would but. say we might, <laughs> we might have to. Might but, have to. Uh, yeah, Kyle alluded to a little bit there. The question that I have uh, coming in. So for the class that I'm right doing right shits. now, I'm going to uh, give a little backstory. For the class that I'm doing now, it's a personal branding class. And for that class, we're starting to build like our portfolio. So when we graduate, we're able to uh, show different people, say like someone that's working for like Fox Sports or something like, hey, hiring manager, here's my portfolio. I've got done X, I've done Y, I've done all that stuff. And so with that, I actually had to write a blog. And in writing that blog, I, I had to pick a topic and I was interested to see what your guys' opinion on uh, this is. What do you think the best NBA player rivalry of all time is? Ooh. I mean, Kyle, you go if you want, or Camden, either way. Man, this is great. I love this question because my mind has two things. I'm like, who do I think the actual best one is? And then, on top of that, who do I think is the best I've seen? Because I think the best one player rivalry is Celtics-Lakers, Bird, Magic. That's the one that comes right off the top of my head. Of course, yeah. They saved the league. They did all that. Um, I've watched highlights of those games. I've heard about it. Awesome stuff. Yeah. But when I think rivalry, Mm -hmm. when I think... That type of stuff. I'm going with my man, Braun. I got to go Braun. You know, I love Braun. And it's just such a focal point in my life. It's that Braun v. Steph yeah. combo right of there. Course. It's that so many finals up against each other. So much greatness happening with it. It's that that scoring factor of Steph coming in. Who, who's got – I love it. I love yeah. it. So I think the best one to me is personally – Braun versus Steph. I love that Braun versus Steph stuff. So okay. that's mine. Okay, Kyle, what what do you say? Before I answer, Keenan, I'm interested what you chose for your class. What'd you choose? Um, so I wrote it. I kind of midway through writing it, I think it's like a very strong debate because I took it from three points. I only had 500 to 700 words to do it. I went a little over. I actually had Steph and LeBron, and then I had Magic and uh, Larry Bird as like cause obviously <laughs> I had to put contemporary points, so I put. Magic and Bird, and then I also had Russell and Wilt. And so I kind of went, I broke down like their stats, kind of a little bit of their stats because I couldn't really go too in depth. It could have been literally a 5,000 word piece if I wanted to make it that. And so I broke down a little bit of like the high points, their um, playoff bouts, and like going back and forth there, and then kind of compared and kind of just compared like each of the uh, duos and rivalries. And that's kind of what I came up with. I don't have any problem with someone saying Bird and Magic. I don't have anyone having a problem saying Wilton Russell. And I have no problem with someone said LeBron Steph. I really don't. I don't mind it. 
What, what do you say, Kyle? Um, it's funny because we kind of mentioned this a couple weeks ago with like LeBron's rivals, how it like started with Carmelo. Yeah. Which, by the yeah. way, congrats on a career to Carmelo Anthony, um, one of my all-time favorite basketball yeah. players. Maybe we'll even talk about that more in depth later. Um, yep. But, but uh, LeBron and Steph, right? So it went from Melo to Durant, and then it became Steph. It's kind of convoluted to me just because of how much talent each had on their team and how it kind of right. just – it kind of came and went. You know what I mean? Uh, like I yeah. see a lot of players like saying – or I've seen people say like the last couple of weeks how it's kind of ended after this last semifinals, which – I don't necessarily believe that, but yeah. it's been pretty quick, right? Like 2015 to, I guess now, so like the last eight years. Whereas mm -hmm. to me, my answer, let me just get it right away, would be Bird and Magic because we're still talking about it, you know, 40 years later. Like the first one I thought of, Camden said it's one of the first he thought of, um, mm -hmm. and Keenan, you had it in yours as well. Um, of course, yeah. Of course. And then, yeah, for the modern day, obviously LeBron and Steph. Um mm -hmm. A few others come to mind, like Kyrie versus himself, Kyrie Irving versus himself. Um, and if we want very, very recent history, I would say John Morant versus IG Live. That would be one for me as well. Uh, uh, Chris, Zion versus Chris injury. Paul. Yeah. Zion, Zion versus injury. Uh, Kyrie, or, or sorry, I already said Kyrie. Chris Paul versus other players nuts. He seems to like to, you know, get a little love tap in between screens. And Draymond of, versus other Draymond versus other players' bodies because he's. Just I was gonna a say Draymond versus the refs. Around. Fair enough, but I mean yeah, other players' bodies too. works too. I was gonna say because uh, Draymond one, versus the refs is crazy. Another one, Meta World Peace, aka Panda Friend, aka Ron Artest versus whatever fan that was in Detroit. So <laughs> or James Harden's face. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, that's a. I always forget about that one until I see it. That's a underrated one. That's underrated. Or James Harden's face, absolutely. Yeah. Poor James. Yeah, he's lucky he didn't die. Like, I'm for being yeah, honest. Um, here, let me put you. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Go. <laughs> go on, Cam. Yeah. Um, I got two more that I just popped up into my head. Yep. I would say I've always loved a good game with Russell Westbrook and Pat Beverly. Those games that's, never that's disappoint. Yeah, Those games way. never disappoint. Yeah. They be fighting, headbutting. And then secondly, I'm just thinking back to the day. And a good old Tim Duncan versus Kevin Garnett game as a Celtics fan. Those were always just an awesome battle. Awesome bigs battles. So those I'm are two mad. more that came to my head. I'm not mad at that you know too because obviously they played against each other in the West. A magic, I mean, yep. magic, I mean Michael and Isaiah, obviously. That one comes yep. up too. So. Let let me give you a couple just because Cam just kind of maybe recollect some, but like positional ones like that. Steph and Chris Paul's a good one. Uh, yep. I would say Steph and Westbrook's another one. Uh, mm -hmm. KD and West, KD and Westbrook, low key. Uh, yeah. I said it earlier in a reference that it kind of passed, yeah. but it's true. They had fun matchups during their career. Is LeBron and Melo? They had yes. great matchups. LeBron and Durant. Kobe obviously. Wade was cool. Kobe Dwayne Wade. Kobe T Mac. Yeah. Kobe, Kobe T Mac yeah. for yes. a time was must. LeBron Durant. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. uh, shit, LeBron, yes, it was. you know what I mean? There's all these matchups that we kind of, kind of came in and out. LeBron, Hakeem in every center in the nineties. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You <laughs> Hakeem, David Robinson for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Hakeem Shaq maybe for a time. Um, yeah. And you know, along, he said KG and Tim, I mean, you could, you could insert Dirk versus any 
one of those power forwards during that era, you know, whether it's mm-hmm. KG versus Dirk. Definitely yep. Dirk versus Tim, though. Them both being in yes. Texas, they had yes. a lot of matchups. That's actually an underrated one as well. So there's a lot yep. that, you know, if you really want to dive into it. But I think the granddaddy of, of them all, as they say, would be Magic versus Bird. Because we're still talking about it. They face mm-hmm. each other so much. Their styles Absolutely. were so similar. Uh, you know, I can save this for another day. But I've seen some clips lately of Larry Bird that just, like, make me laugh. Like just how cocky he was in the court. Like, it's one thing to see highlights. It's one thing to see, like, enough, like game clips of Larry Bird, like how he was in the yeah. game. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll save that for another time, maybe off off cam. But uh, that's a great question. That's a really great question. Um, there is so, a lot of positional ones. Yes, there's, yes. there's a lot of positional ones. And kind of what, just to go li- briefly into it before we move on to our first topic, uh, the thing I kind of broke down in it was – with LeBron and Steph in the playoffs, they've played um, 29 games against each other. Steph 17 and 12. Magic in the playoffs with Bird's only actually played uh, 19. They're 11 and 8 because obviously they only could match up in the finals. Same with uh, sure. Bron and Steph until this year, but they matched up in four comparatively to Magic's three. I know Magic and Bird are two and Magic's two one against him. Steph's three and two now against him. So it was kind of going back and forth to. With the I compared all NBA teams to Bird was great. Bird had like nine straight all NBA first teams. Like it's fun to work here on. Like it was literally going through it. It was absolutely crazy. And obviously like and then Russell and Wilt too because they did have all NBA first and second team. Then obviously they were one and two every single year. But Bill got a lot of second teams just because of how dominant Wilt was. And then in playoff oh. series, what I leaned away from Wilt and Russell was was only because. Russell was 29 and 20 against Wilt, but he was seven and one in series. He really never lost to Wilt. So that was kind of like the rivalry aspect was more one-sided rather than anything, but all great rivalries. Obviously, if you say magic and bird, as I've said, no problem. But my, my point in the blog was for uh, LeBron and Steph. The other point I'd have with whatever last point I'd make about those two rivalries, Russell and Wilt and magic and bird. That both of them have that right now LeBron and Curry do not is all four of them as the individual rivalry, Russell and Will and Bird and Magic. They were each such great friends after their career. Like Bird and Wilt were notoriously close. They had a bitter rivalry at one point, mm-hmm. but they became very close at the end of, or after their careers. And of course, Bird and Magic, you can't even like speak one without the other, which I think is the case, too, with Russell and Wilt. I don't know if that's exactly the case for LeBron and Curry. I think it's starting to become the case, especially with the 2010s and mm-hmm. forward. But um, I think you know, it'll get I don't there. think. Yeah, I think it'll I get really there. Do. It's it's different, but it, not in the way of Bird and Magic, where like the next fucking name out the sentence, you might get Bird before Kareem even or Pat Riley. Uh, but. Yeah, you definitely hear Steph's name. I think it's going to be more of a conversation. We've had this talk, Keenan, on here before. Plenty. Yeah. That as time For goes sure. on, that is going to be more of a conversation, Steph and LeBron, and, you know, however it's shaped. Because, you know, there is still time here. But let's move on to topics because I know we got a lot. And, spe- and, uh, and speaking of LeBron, start time. We can, I know because I know you obviously the Celtics heat are still going on. But speaking of LeBron, to get Somehow. this one here. Uh, speaking of LeBron, obviously the Nuggets swept the Lakers. Uh, pretty close games throughout for most of them, and the Nuggets showed to be the best team in the West all year, and they proved it in the playoffs, not going more than six games. 
Uh, LeBron in game four went 40, 10, and 9, had 21 in the first quarter. He was putting, he was putting on a clinic, doing what LeBron does, what he can still do, which is crazy. And uh, it just he fell a little short. Anthony Davis was all up and down during that game. But what were your guys' thoughts on that? And then if you guys also want to touch on the LeBron possible retirement kind of thing too. Oh uh, well, yeah. Whatever you guys want to go into on that, you talk there. But I'll let you guys have the floor. I started to hear. For sure. Cam, go ahead. Um, go ahead, Cam. Man, my favorite player, LeBron. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, LeBron, the dude played – what he could do 31 in the first half, I think yep. doing what he can do. And I heard a lot. And I think I agree with this as a whole team. That was probably his best supporting cast as a whole he's ever had with just so many good players. I know. Okay. We can talk about this. We can talk about this. I think it was, I legitimately, I do. I do like the supporting cast. He disagrees. I like the supporting cast too, but I think the 66 and 16 heat might have something to say about it or the three, one down against the Warriors cast might have something to say, but you know what? We can go off. We can talk about that later. As a You're disrespecting team, the great J.R. Smith right now. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, it's, or the great <laughs> Daniel Booby Gibson in the 07. <laughs> You're disrespecting <laughs> the great, yep. the great Matthew Della Vadova. You're disrespecting right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm sorry. But no, you can go on. We can have yeah. that's a conversation that's itself a conversation that, will, right that will definitely yep. be had because I've got to speak on that. <laughs> we'll go on. But the dude is great. He's just performing at the highest level still. Yeah. He went out and said that he believes that he's still better than 90 and 95% of the players in the league. He's not wrong. I agree with that. I agree with that. that. He's he's with out that. there. And whether he plays with the Lakers or goes somewhere else through trade or whatever that is, my biggest aspiration is to see him and Bronny play somewhere. I need to see that. <laughs> I need that to happen. That'll be greatness. Um, that series, it's a bummer that that team that they couldn't get one game, but also I think LeBron said this as well. This is the best team in the playoffs that his Lakers has faced all year. And this team, this Nuggets team is one of the best teams I've seen in a long time in the playoffs. They are phenomenal. They can score in a lot of ways. Jokic is playing at the highest level. They got shooters all over that team and their defense is working really, really well, and they're just offensively out there. So, tough if you, battle. If you exclude the Warriors, because obviously they had the, the Durant years, and then obviously how great yep. the franchise has been. If you exclude the Warriors, it's really them since 2013. If you want to say it's them, the Spurs, and then the Suns team a couple years ago. But there's been not too many. So they're probably one of the, at least the top four of the last yeah. like decade. Mm-hmm. Show some so, respect on the so 2018 Celtics to a team names like that at such Oh no, I just mean the time. I just mean yeah. the West. Sorry, I just yes. meant the West. Got you. Got yeah, you. I agree. Got you. But yeah, 2018, but, yeah. The Celtics were had some teams. Yeah. But losing in that sort of way in the West at such a late time in your legacy and career, that's okay. That's okay. And yeah. um it's a bummer that AD didn't show up the way that LeBron needed him to, even with LeBron liking that game, putting up 40. I just wish I saw some of that. Um, but tipping my hat off to Jokic, dude, I was wrong about that, man. I was like, he's number five in my MVP list. 
He's <laughs> better than he's Mark Jackson. <laughs> better than Mark Jackson. It's true. I did better than Mark Jackson. But um, yeah, I can't. I can't say enough about that dude. He's he's crazy. He's crazy. So they're a blast to watch. Blast to watch. Love my boy Braun. We'll, well, he'll be back. He'll be back. No doubt. I, I'm feeling that he'll be back. And Kyle, what do you think? If we're keeping this strictly on a LeBron topic, um, I agree with much of what Camden said, uh, especially regarding Game Four, where you know LeBron came out 31 in the first half, most he's ever had in the first half of uh, any playoff game. Uh, if AD gives them a little more, they should come away with that game. Um, yeah. They had five fouls on Jokic. Uh, I don't know if y'all remember this, but literally right after he picks up his fifth, he fouls Anthony Davis on a dunk, and they didn't call it. Like, he very well could have fouled out with a few minutes left in the game, and mm-hmm. they never do get him out. Yeah. Um, but much like Cam said, man, I, it just shows you how impressive this Nuggets team is. Uh, I never in a million years would have guessed it was going to be a sweep. If you told me five games, sure. I would have landed at six, and I think that is what I picked was six games, but, you know, with the possibility of five, right? Because I do think yeah. they're, the Nuggets are damn near impossible to stop on offense. But I thought the Lakers showed incredible defense, especially LeBron off the ball. I thought LeBron was incredible off the ball defensively in this series. Um, yes. I do think LeBron was playing at about a B, B-plus this entire playoffs. I thought game four was his best game of the entire playoffs. Um, and AD that was game six of the yeah. Warriors series. Both of those are pretty True. good games, but True. yeah, I'd probably say um, this one was yep. the best. And Anthony Davis was phenomenal all playoffs. As far as defense goes, he was pretty <sighs> streaky offensively. Um, D'Angelo Russell gave him nothing this series. I think Austin, I thought they should have ran through Austin Reeves a lot more in the series. Uh, yeah. you know, I thought he gets to wherever he wants on the floor. I think he's a smart player. I think he's going to get, a lot of money this summer, uh, assuming he goes back to L.A. too. But regardless of where he goes, he's going to get a lot of money. Um, he deserves it. This was a. This really was a fascinating series because even though it was a four-game sweep, it was competitive every step of the way, much like yes. the Celtics and Nets of last year. felt very much like that. Uh, I was actually rooting for the Lakers to win in game three so we could at least get a game five. Um, yeah. Or sorry, and the game, game four, four would have been even more and the game four would have been even mm-hmm. more of a pivotal game. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Game four, I should say I was rooting for them. But I mean, you know, they had their opportunities. Game one, they, you know, they fought their way back, couldn't close the deal. Game two, they're up. Nuggets fight their way back. They couldn't close the deal. So I mean game two was really the game they needed because yeah, once you're up two oh, Denver's a team that's only gonna get harder and harder as the series goes on. Uh yeah. And on the Jokic side of things, man, I mean Incredible, obviously incredible in every facet of the game offensively. Uh, he makes he makes every single play that's needed. And then on top of that, he's making ridiculous step backs against L.A. Um, so you guys will know what I'm talking about. That second step back that he had in game four, right? In the second half, yeah. you all know what I'm talking about? Yep. It's got yeah, in his left hand. Mm-hmm. Correct. Did they switch that to a three? What happened? I don't with actually that? I believe so. And this yeah. was yes. weird to me because his right I foot. I think they did. His right foot's over the line. And as he's raising up, his right foot like lifts up. But his foot the entire time was never behind the line. And I think they switch it to a three. I think that's a very weird rule. I think that should have been a two pointer. That's that's that, different to me. Um That is weird. But uh because I thought they switched to a three. I was kinda I don't know why I didn't really catch it at the time. But anyway, 
Um, I think Jokic was obviously phenomenal. Uh, Murray was phenomenal. And we could talk about the Nuggets yeah. more if we get into a finals preview. I'm very impressed with Michael Porter Jr. And their bench, Bruce Brown, excuse me, switching to a backup point guard role, basically. Mm-hmm. After, you know, basically being a wing. Um, Almost being their center, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? And he's, uh, they're just checking all the boxes. Like, they're so poised. They remind me a bit of, you know, the Popovich Spurs, especially like the second iteration of them when they became more of a pick and roll team than a post team. Um, they just share the ball so well. They're better defensively than anybody gave them credit for. Uh, Jokic is better defensively than anyone gives him credit for. Much like Steph, you know, he's like the center version of Steph on defense where people will, yes, you know, say you can go at him, but we've yet to see it. This playoffs where someone's exploited him over and over and over. Uh, I think he's a fairly smart defender. Um, but shocking series. Like, again, I can't, I'm still shocked as we sit here that it was it a four-game sweep. That it wasn't at least six games. At least five games, even. But, uh, you know, yep. I mean, and you know, if we're going to talk about LeBron and his retirement, you know, call out, I, I think that's complete bullshit. Uh, if Bron were to ever retire or was even considering <laughs> retirement, he was asked, I don't know if you guys saw the press conference, but he was asked about the future and stuff like that. And he's like, oh, oh I, I didn't even think about it, blah, blah, blah. And then 10 minutes after the press conference, it's, I'm considering retirement. Okay, LeBron, like, are you really, like... We all, as we all say here, does anyone actually think he's not going to be suiting up next year? No, here's the only thing I could, (laughs) no, the only thing I could think of would be maybe he's like next year is his last year and like the Bronny thing doesn't fully happen because obviously just because LeBron wants it to happen doesn't mean that Bronny wants it to happen. And I know, and like this year, LeBron, I know that's been his goal, but this year LeBron said that Bronny's his own man, that if he wants to he do it, he wants to do it. And I personally don't think that that should be on Bronny's radar whatsoever. It's a cool feat. If you get it, yeah, I played with my dad in an NBA game. That's never been done. It may never be done. Obviously, it could possibly be, but you don't know. But I don't think... I don't want him to come out of USC early. Like right now he's projected like the 24th prospect and they've got some good prospects coming to USC. So you don't know what his minutes is going to look like. You don't know how he's going to be. I don't, you don't know how he's going to play. And I would like to, if he needs another year, I don't think that's a bad thing to need another year and go into the league at 20, 21 comparatively to going in just at like 19 or 20. So I don't want him to rush it just to try to play with his dad and then be in a less favorable position moving forward throughout his career because of it. Because obviously, once LeBron's gone, the incentive of "Hey, Bron, like you get me" is gone. So that's why I would like him to wait if he if he needs to. If he doesn't and he's yeah. great and he's a lottery pick out of next year, then cool. And if it works out, cool. But I wouldn't make that a priority. I'd make that just a plus if it comes out comes to sure i just want to say this about lebron and the lakers um you've heard me many times on this podcast not so much criticize but pick at some shit i heard lebron say or do and i'm like man he's annoying and he should be above that this and that this and that didn't really have much of that this season honestly with him um i was less annoyed by him and i'm starting to try to appreciate him more because i do know there's you know, probably less than four years that we have him in the league. You know what I mean? So it was very cool yeah, to absolutely. see yep. him, and, him and Steph this this postseason matchup again. Cause, you know, it very well could be the last time. 
Um, yes. Yeah. And you know, after the deadline, like I don't, I don't like how he treated Russ. I thought he was very much a bad teammate to Russ. That's another topic. But post the deadline, when they got you know all their new pieces, I actually liked watching the Lakers. Uh, Austin Reeves became one of my favorite players in the league this season. Uh, I've hated him. AD. Si- I am him. <laughs> right. I've hated AD since he went to the Lakers because I thought how he handled getting out of New Orleans was whack. You know, I thought his whole last yeah. season there, or half of the season after he requested the trade, and he was obviously trying to get to L.A., ends up in L.A., you know, he was annoying to me. And I, once again, loved watching him play this year. Uh, and Rui, I became a Rui Hachimura fan this year, watching him play. Same He's got a lot to his game. And, he uh, does. So, you know, I say that to say the Lakers and LeBron were much less annoying to me. And then, again... Less than an hour after the game, LeBron just does what LeBron does, and he just cannot handle being out of the limelight. Like Jokic just swept him. Jokic very much cements himself as the best player in the world right now. LeBron's like, yeah, I'm thinking about retiring. Like, are you LeBron? Are you thinking about retiring? Like, if you were gonna (laughs) retire, you would make you'd make the biggest deal out of it. Like, we know that when LeBron retires, it's gonna be national news, as it should be. it you know, deserves LeBron to came be, in, in fairness to him. Yeah. Like, with Kobe's farewell tour, like, LeBron deserves that just as much as Kobe did. I know, like, absolutely. we've talked about it on here. I love D. Wade. He's my guy. But Wade's tour wasn't great. I didn't it's like that. It was kind of, his was. was almost yeah. forced. Kobe's was like, oh, this is, like, maybe the greatest player of our generation for a lot of people. Not that mm-hmm. not me, I think it's LeBron, but for a lot of people, Kobe really is like the greatest player of the generation in the last like iteration of Mike, if you will. And so people were like, that Kobe mentality, I've learned from you. Like I want to I need to play you one more time. I need to get that commemoration with you. And then obviously he left out on the best last game you'll ever have and you probably will never see a better last game than that. Obviously there's a possibility. Someone like LeBron could do it, but that Kobe game, obviously, 60 and coming back clutch shots late, I think 23 in the fourth. So, yeah, but go on. Whenever whenever LeBron's last game is, I, I was just going to say, like, he he came in with a splash. He deserves to leave with a splash. That's why I don't believe for a second the I'm considering not coming. Like, come on. Like, what the fuck? He's just, he can't stay out of the spotlight. He loves mm-hmm. the spotlight, which whatever. But just add until, like, the last game, what you said about Kobe, LeBron in his last game should just try to, like, cuss out the refs as much as possible and see if they'll eject him because they won't. You know what I mean? So he should get in touch with his like inner Draymond, inner Dennis Rodman, and just like go ballistic on the refs because they'll just have to not. They'll give him one T, but they ain't going to give him two. They uh, won't do anything. We can move on, though. We can move on, though, because I know we got a lot. Okay, so I have a question for you guys again. So Cool. And it has to do with this uh, series and this team in the Lakers and possibly after we can segue. So... How do you feel Anthony Davis played throughout these playoffs? And I know we talked about Kyle, that he played his way out of a trade. And then with him, he just does things where he just disengages and does weird. Like, I don't know. He just comes and goes a little bit too much. But how do you guys feel he played throughout these entire playoffs? Uh, I'll go first. On a on a grade scale, I would say a, a-. Because even a-. though he wasn't all that he was supposed to be on offense – it probably wasn't as bad as we made it out to be if you go through his games. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the games where he was on, they weren't just like, 
you know, 25 and 10s, they were monster games. You know what I mean? I mean, he had a 30 and 23. 40 and 10. 40, I, think yeah. I think he averaged about four blocks in the in the Warrior series or maybe even yeah. this year. Like, he was just, you know, he showed himself to be the best rim protector in the league, which is saying something because mm-hmm. you got Joel Embiid in the league, and he, he can protect the rim as well as anybody. But, no, I think this is the best defensively I've seen him since, you know, that 2020 season in LA and his last seasons in New Orleans. You know what I yep. mean? I mean, we were, there was many people in that 2019 season talking about, Hey, and you know, that's why he was drafted. Number one. Hey, he has best player in the league potential. He's yeah, more was of a 1B. Or AD was a question. Right. And he's more of a one B than a one a, you know, we see now he's not quite built like Giannis and Jokic quite literally. I mean, he can't stay healthy at all. Seemingly, even though this mm. year he stayed more healthy. So I would say an A minus. He stayed healthy in the postseason for the most part. Uh, his offense came and went, but when it was there, it was explosive. He was the best defensive player in the postseason, I think, regardless yep. of what happens in the finals. Uh, Bam would be up there too. But, you know, if we did a first team all NBA or first playoff team, I think Anthony Davis would be on it. And definitely, yeah, if not, on the second team. Yeah. So it'd be right now yeah, in my head. It'd be. Be Yo- uh, just off the head, just thinking real quick, it'd be Jokic, AD, Jimmy Butler, probably Steph, and then probably Devin Booker, but depending on how far he went, but probably Devin Booker. Uh-huh. But the way he ended yeah, was eh. in there. I was going to say, but probably Devin Booker would be your first team because I would say Tatum and LeBron would be on your second team. But we can, just do, because, the, we can just do this after the playoffs, wise. actually. We yeah, can do this after the playoffs. Be, we can make that'd our actually own. be nice. That'd yeah. be fun. Like our own top, That'd be, top 10, maybe yeah. even top 15 if we keep it to the regular season criteria. But I would yeah. say I would say AD was their best player overall because I didn't think – Bron got his numbers, but I didn't, it wasn't typical of LeBron where he just had his fingerprints all over the game. I thought the Nuggets series was his best series. He didn't have to bring it against yeah. Memphis. Uh, the Warriors, he would have had to dug deep if you know the Warriors could have got their shit together, but he didn't really have to until that closeout game. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I would say Anthony Davis overall was their best player. Once again, shouts to Austin Reeves because he was easily the third best player. Um, I'm just very impressed with how smart of a player he is. And he's got he's got sauce to his game. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of Austin Reeves. But, yeah, no, yep. Anthony Davis was probably the best player. A minus. Y'all go ahead. All right, Camden and you, how do you feel Anthony Davis played? This is not my question. This is like yeah. literally the prelude to what my question is. Jesus Christ. I so I would give mama. him that B plus. <laughs> I would give him that B plus to A minus, same spot. Right. I'd give him like an, an 89, 90. Defensively, he showed himself to be the best defender in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, offensively, I'm not going to lie. I've literally never seen somebody go odd games great even games bad like he did for a while and it was killing me man like he would have just a phenomenal game and he was pissing me off just as much as jason tatum might piss me off yeah in a lot of ways i'm just like streakiness and i'm like where is this inconsistency coming from what's going on where's the initiative that we want you to be a dog dude yeah like if he even gave us half as much, even just a little bit more of that dog and just was a little more consistent, I'd give him an A, 95. But I'm at that 90% level just because he there's just that one factor of he can, he's showing us he can't be the guy. He can't be 1A. 
Okay. And I'm perfectly fine with that. And so this is just a yes or no question. Would you guys trade him this coming off season if the right package was there? No. Right package? Was LeBron staying? LeBron staying, yeah. The right package, yes. Okay. What's, what's because define the define the right package? Because Pause. the thought of me was with Anthony Davis up and down play and sometimes of his uh, unreliability. I don't even know if that's a word, but we're going to use it as one. Unreliability as a guy who you can completely trust because of his health. If you get because LeBron might be able to play around the same level because even if an age takes him down a touch, I think the fact that he was injured this year, as you've kind of, you alluded to, and like we kind of can see, I think he'll get all that rectified. And if he can stay healthy, I don't see how. Yeah, it is a big if for sure. And so as I say, same thing with Anthony Davis. So I'm proposing you guys a trade here as uh, Celtics fans. Would you trade Anthony Davis for uh, Jalen Brown and Rob Williams? Me yes. first or Kyle? Whomever, I don't care. Me first? <laughs> yeah. I'd take I it. I got a lot. That's straight up, dude. Straight up. Jalen Brown and Rob Williams? Yep. Absolutely, I would do that. No, hands down. No questions asked. No questions asked. Okay, so you would take it as a Celtics fan. Would you take it as a Lakers fan? As a Lakers fan? No. Rob Williams going in that spot. They got a lot, they got a lot of work. It would be hard to figure out the Austin Reeves, Jalen Brown, LeBron James. I think that works very well. I think that works well. Because I think you, I think what you have is you have LeBron being able to play true point, and then you have Jalen Brown being your best legitimate best scorer because obviously LeBron's not looking to do that, especially at this point. And then you have Austin Reeves as a guy who can complement with Rory Hachimura. You would get Rob Williams. You would get um, D'Angelo would obviously be gone. You would try to bolster the bench with getting like one yeah. or two veteran players. Um, I'm just okay. Obviously, sides, I don't. I'm, I don't think either yes. team would say no. In my personal opinion, that's a big yes to me. That's a. Big I, yes. I don't think either would say no. But Kyle, if that was as a Celtics fan and then as a Lakers fan, would you take that on either side? Celtics probably. Yeah, I mean. It, he should have came to Boston when he went to L.A. We had the best package, but Facts. that's neither here nor there. That's exactly who yeah. Danny Ainge was prepping for was A.D. Um, mm-hmm. Is what it is. I would take that. Uh, you know, I'll get to my Celtics thoughts later when we get to the Eastern Conference. Oh, yeah. Because, um, yeah, there's some trades I'd like to make. Would I take that if I'm the Lakers? No. Why? Because, you know, if they're upset with fucking A.D. being paper mache. They ain't going to like Rob Williams. Rob Williams can't play. There's no way Rob Williams can play 82 games. Uh, and he That's definitely fair. can't play. And let's say let's say he played 50 minutes or 50 games, sorry. If he played 50 games, he cannot play 32 to 34 minutes like Anthony Davis. He's a 25-minute player, you know. Uh, yep. In the postseason, you'd be lucky to get him at 30, you know. He mm. was a big part of what Boston did last year in the playoffs, all season last year. And uh, he's just now starting to start. You know what I mean? Like in must-win games, he's starting for Joe Joe Maz. So, yeah, you know, he's a big question mark, as much of a talent as he is. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned point guard LeBron. LeBron's interesting to me because we've heard since, basically since they got AD, like, oh, I'm going to lessen the load. AD's going to take over. And LeBron hasn't really relinquished that. 
Uh, not even this series with as again as well as. I also don't think AD took it. That's a hard AD thing. AD didn't too. take it. Yeah, maybe so, but you you know that was part of why they brought Westbrook. Austin Reeves definitely ascended. Like he certainly ascended, and you know I think the series goes a different way if you give Austin Reeves a little more. I mean, we saw how. This is what I didn't touch on. LeBron is. He's old. Like he 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 was doing what I do and pick up when I'm out of shape, which is oh word. I just gave it a good run for the last five possessions. I'm a jack up a three if I get the ball right here because I'm definitely not exerting energy getting to the rim. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's what Bron was doing a lot of the time was just jacking up threes because he's like, fuck else am I gonna do? I'm not going to the rim here. Uh, so you know, I, if they hypothetically just Jalen Brown, Austin Reeves. LeBron, that's a that's a great trio, and then yeah, sure, yeah. Rob Williams. Uh, I don't think that'll happen. That is a great hypothetical trade though that I never even thought of. But I think AD's there for the long haul. Truly, I think like we said earlier, I think he played his way out of a trade. But had he gotten injured again, I think he's absolutely out of there. But I think he's there to stay. I think. I would agree with that personally, but I I would honestly do the trade. But I agree that I don't think it would ever happen. Yeah. Because no, I really do think yeah. Anthony Davis played his way out of being even in trade talks. Like they would have to, they would have to get like a package package for them to be like, yeah, yeah we could trade AD or like something terrible would have to happen going on to next season. But as of this moment right now, I couldn't see it. But it was something I was thinking about just because, especially with Jalen Brown's like demeanor going back and forth. Like, he's just, like, obviously... And he's owed a Supermax. I was going to say, he's owed the Supermax, and then if they go that to Tatum and Brown, their flex... Their flex... Tap flex, rather. Flexibility. Around up the Washington Wizards, It's tough. So, it's going to be movement around. It's going to be tough, but... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Last thing about the Lakers I want to say is, let's assume they bring Austin Reeves back. It's going to be hard for them to sign both Reeves and Rui. They're both restricted free agents, I believe. Um, mm. They can if they think move it's Russell. That's be that right. Is it even if they move Russell? I think it's either if that's the case, I, then that's easy. Then they'll bring them both. I back. think they will be uh, able. I think they're able to like they can bring the whole team back. I just think Russell's one of those pieces that they're gonna have to move, and like because well, I a believe free agent. they they just don't it, even like, have to sign seventy five cents on the dollar for that. But go on. They don't even have to move him because he's a free agent, right? I think Russell. Oh, is he a free agent? Then I don't think I believe I, so. If he if he is an unrestricted free agent, then I think if they don't touch him at all, then they're able to get like Reeves, Hachimura, and possibly Vanderbilt. I don't really I, know. But I pr- I, I don't. Think, from what I heard, I don't believe that's true. I think they're gonna have to choose one of Rui and Austin Reeves, and then on top of that, I believe Kyrie's going there. So I think they'd have to choose. You know, maybe Reeves and Kyrie. Uh, oh, in that case, they would Rui. definitely be choose. They would definitely be choosing. Um, people, yep. And that that would be interesting. Um, I don't like that. So at I all just for don't know personally, but that's me. I just don't know. But imagine, imagine if Dallas. So let's say that happens, and Dallas fucking trades what they traded. If they don't make that trade, they probably make the playoffs as is, right? But let's say yep. if the Lakers, because Kyrie was oh clearly, my gosh, right? Kyrie clearly wanted out. Let's say the Lakers would have got him instead of D'Lo this year. And maybe they don't get Rui. That was a separate trade, though. So let's say they get Rui, and it's as is, and they got Kyrie in that Nuggets series. I think that's a different series. I think we're looking at a seven-game series there with the load that takes off LeBron. And Kyrie's an underrated playmaker. 
we'll never know, obviously. But I think, as constructed, that's a good matchup against the Nuggets with Kyrie, with yeah. AD, with LeBron. But yeah, I can agree with that. Sure, I can agree with that. But um, so we can move guys, on. Hold on, just got a notification. Your guys are gonna want to hear this, all right? Yeah. The Panthers swept the Hurricanes. Woo! Let's go. Let's go, Florida Panthers. That's where we're from, even though we're That's a lightning so town. That's crazy, dude. Yeah, shout out to the Florida Panthers. We can't rep for I the even Tampa know Bay wa- Lightning. But I didn't yep. even know there was a Florida Panthers. That's yep. the first. Where do they even play? <laughs> I don't know. That's fair. I didn't even heard of them. Uh, you know they what? Play in like... We have this thing called Google. So... No, we don't care. We don't care. We got a lot to get to. Fuck the Florida Panthers. Hey. Hey, we got hey, much to get to. Hey, we don't hate on this like team, man. Already. Yeah, we do. It, yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyways, so in way more important news in the Florida Panthers. Shout out to the Florida Panthers <laughs> for getting to their Stanley Cup final. But shout out. But anyways, you guys thought I was gonna break some real news there too. <sighs> I check, I'm not gonna lie to you. I check. I got a vibrate for but I a minute ago, and I was like, oh. What did I miss something? And then I was like, "Oh no, this is just fantasy football alerts. It's nothing that I need to be considered about." So yeah. what is what is Kyle breaking? Yeah, Miami so. versus Boston. Let me just set because you guys are Celtics fans. I feel like I'm gonna have to set the table here. Let me just get my Miami Heat thoughts out real quick. We're here. I'm happy about this. I feel very, very confident going into game five. I know Jalen Brown said, don't let us win game four. Okay, Jalen. We'll see. I'll believe it. (laughs) I'll believe it when I see it. Anyways, regardless, I am very confident going into game five. I feel more confident, honestly, in Boston than I do in Miami just because of how Boston's been at home. So I feel very confident regardless. I'm interested to see what you guys say about everything there, and then I'm going to get into my thoughts on Tatum, Missoula, Brown, the whole Celtics collective, and then I'll get on my thoughts of the Heat. But um, the floor is all yours. Take it. Let me go first. Let me go first. I've been waiting on this for for a while. I Um, I know. You've been eager, so you got it. Shocked that the Celtics won yesterday. Like, absolutely shocked they won yesterday. Likewise. Let me say one more time. Shocked that they won yesterday. Uh, I very nearly, like I was this close to getting tickets for tomorrow's game. Did not. Did not. Chose not to. Mm -hmm. Um, Weirdly confident in them tomorrow. I think there is a game six. Matter of fact, let me introduce a new segment right here. (laughs) Castro's cash picks. Book the Celtics winning tomorrow. If if you're betting on sports, bet the Celtics tomorrow. I believe they win. I believe if they get up double digits, especially in the second half, I believe the Heat will kind of wave the white flag and try to win it in a game six in Miami. Uh, I like, let me just give the Celtics props here before I get into a teardown of the Celtics because I've been ready. Um, They played amazing defense last night. If they played that way the entire playoffs, the way they played on defense, uh, they might have skated to the finals. This might not have even been a series had they played that way. Uh, or they at least might be ahead in the series. Um, I think overall, over any team in the playoffs, and maybe I'm just leaving someone out here, but over anybody, I think they have potential to be a outstanding defensive team compared to everyone else. Like 
one through nine, one through ten, they've got just such versatility defensively. Uh, and then when that happens, you see what happens last night, which is they move the ball well. They can get threes whenever they want. And, uh, you know, when they're making their threes, they're pretty damn hard to beat, right, regardless of who's coaching them. Um, so, I mean, I think that carries over the energy, the unselfishness they played with last night. Tatum, when they're up, the Celtics are very much a front-running team. When they're up, Tatum's like, he looks like prime Kevin Durant or something like that. You know what I mean? He's just got that hop in his step. He's got that extra sauce in his hezzy before he's pulling up. Like, he, you, just, you can just see it in his step, right? Kind of like LeBron. Offense when the offense comes easy to him, I mean, obviously, when the offense comes easy to him, he becomes the best scorer in the league, arguably. Like, obviously, like, there's Durant, there's Devin Booker, there's Steph, there's other people, but, like, he's on that very short list of, like, best scorers in the league, especially when... It's easy for him. The freedom of movement, there's no, like, the ball's moving, so then instead of having to hold the ball from 17 down, he holds the ball from, like, eight, couple quick moves, step back, get to the his spots, like... That's real. When he's in that bag, he's really like one of the best scorers and what obviously one of the best players in the league. But you can go on with what you're talking about. So it's like this: um, it's three one. They're playing with great energy. They're gonna get calls. Boss, the Garden's gonna be rocking tomorrow. Absolutely. They're gonna get calls, and I think they're gonna be much in control of the game, right? And I think the Heat are gonna make their runs, but I think overall the Celtics. Excuse me here. I think the Celtics will pull away and the Heat will kind of no moss it and just, you know, wait for a game six, you know, where they'll have Lowry. And that, that'll that be more of an even playing field. The refs ain't going to give the Celtics the calls they will at home in a game five and a must win, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, if it does wind up being a close game, I trust the Heat a thousand times more than I trust the Celtics in a close game. If yeah. it would have been a close game last night towards like down the stretch – my, I wholeheartedly believe Miami would have came away with it. Um, mm-hmm. I can get to their offseason and more of that. I want Cam to answer first, but I'll get to their offseason. But I do believe uh, yeah. the Celtics win tomorrow night. I do believe there will be a game six on Saturday in Miami. And uh, if you gave me, if I was betting on it, I would say the Heat win in six. I do. Uh, but I do think okay. I'm very bullish. Sure. And again, I have no reason to be. Like, I fucking hate this team. I do not like this team at all. Uh, the Celtics fan, I do not like this team <laughs> at all. Keenan, I'm, this is not a joke. I have text to prove it. I've said this to other people. I've been actively rooting against the Celtics since game five of the Philly series. Actively rooting against them. You can clip this. I don't care. Take my Celtics card. Whatever y'all want to do, I don't care. I've been rooting against them. They did not deserve to win game six in Philly. Tatum makes those couple shots. And then what happens? 51, blah, blah, blah. They did not show up. They quit in game three of this series. They couldn't have been. I, that's exactly why I would have picked against them yesterday. That's exactly why I'm shocked that they won yesterday. Yep. They couldn't be bothered to show up to game three. They showed up like their life was on the line because it was yesterday. I don't know where that's been all playoffs. And, uh, you know, I've scrutinized this coach, Joe Mazzula, but it's unfair because, I mean, it is fair. It's fair, but it's unfair when they show they can play like that in a game like last night. I think it'll carry over tomorrow. I think the Heat will win in six, but I do think it gets to six games. Again, Castro's cash picks. Book the Celtics tomorrow. 
you're betting, man, bet on them tomorrow. I think they win. Blah 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 blah. Cam, go ahead. Yeah. So, just, I actually you went that, to game. Are you making? Oh, sorry, 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 Cam. I just have yeah. a quick question, <laughs> Kyle. Are you gonna make yeah. Castro's cash picks like a thing? Like, can we make that like a thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Through, through the especially, coming whatever, for, especially coming, especially coming for football. football. Yep. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh. Okay, because obviously we do our weekly picks, and then maybe like you can have your like special like Castro's cash pick of the week. It'll only be when it's warranted. It'll only be when it's warranted. I'll never force a pick. I wholeheartedly believe for some fucking reason that the Celtics are going to win okay. tomorrow. Don't know why. Well, actually, I, I gave you it. why. I do know why, but you know, whatever. <laughs> Let's let Cam go. Yeah, no, absolutely. Sorry to, to interrupt, Cam. You go now. You do your no thing. No worries, dude. You do your thing. Yeah. So, I actually went to game one this for this series. And wow, thanks I have not, never thanks for sharing disappointed. That, Got a whole group chat. I didn't even share I just shared it just things. barely. Right. I shared it just barely. Chat. I'm sorry. I'm I've, I well, let me tell you something. I've never been as disappointed in a third quarter and afterwards at a live game in my life. I've granted the Heat were not missing threes to save their life, but it was just third quarter. We got blown out. I've never seen just like I didn't know what was going on. What was going on with us defensively? I was, this is crazy. And at the same time, in that first half, I was like, this Marcus Smart is playing point guard again and throwing some of the best passes I've ever seen him throw in my life. These lobs to Rob are awesome. Give me that every game, Marcus Smart. Now I'm back on the trade of let's get rid of his ass because I'm over him. But that's here nor there. <laughs> you and Nate, Ken- um, Nate Kennison both. <laughs> um, but that game, it, was just, it just blows my mind, the Celtics team. We've been saying all year, the stats show us. They're the best team statistically. Their bench is so deep. And uh, like we all said, we're going to start talking about this Missoula, Tatum, all the things frustrating me to no end. Jalen Brown, I need those 40-point games that you give me sometimes. I need them. And stop turning the ball over. Um, but all in all, third, third game, one of the first games I've ever turned off in my life. I was like, over this team. Over them. Get rid of everybody. We need to clean house. Going into the fourth game, right? I was a person that said, you know what, Brad? Screw Joe Missoula. You come coach this team in game four. Just come do it, Brad Steven. <laughs> Get him off the team. Get him off the court. That's what I wanted. Brad to come and did coach him. Now, granted, they won game four. That's what I was looking for all year long. Um, like Kyle said, I awkwardly have like a hope of like the Celtics team is back. And I think Kyle's pick is good because honestly, I think the Celtics are scared to lose at home. If they get blown out at home again, they're not coming back. The band is not coming back at all. Um, Celtics fans in Boston will be against all of them. And the heat they'll be getting... Unmatched, losing to an eight seed. No pun at home. intended. Yep. So, I think if the Celtics can do what they did all season and not do this awful, not calling timeouts at the right time, this weak ass defense that they literally showed us last game in Game Four that they can play defense and actually be out there and not get soft switching everything defense. so Jimmy can get any matchup he wants. Yep. Um, 
like Jason Tatum is one of the best defenders at that position. He should be on Jimmy every time. And if there's going to be some sort of switch, find a way to put Al on him. Find a way to get Jalen Brown on him. Figure that out. Trap him. Double team him. I don't care. Um, And then Joe Missoula. I don't understand why this happens, and I need somebody to explain this to me. Why does Tatum sit so long in the fourth quarter all the time? The man, he's he's on the bench from the start of the fourth until there's eight, nine minutes left, sometimes seven. It's ridiculous. He's your best player. He needs to be out there. Does LeBron James has played entire games still at his age? I guarantee Tatum can do this. He had played the most minutes in the NBA in the season. He can play right now. So we need to see Tatum. I want Tatum in the whole time, literally the whole time if they're not winning, until they get to Game 7. and they If they get to Game 7, they got this. Um, but the big game that they need to win is against the Heat in Game 6. I don't know if they can do it. I really don't. Um, this Heat team, they're coached by a coach that is one of the best coaches the, out there. He's a mastermind. The, yep. Sorry, Greg. You're old. He's the best coach in the league in Eric Spolstra. Yes. Yep. He is the best one. He's a mastermind. He has gotten these types of players that are undrafted on these things. He's got Jimmy Butler. Just they got the same mind. They literally have the same mind of just like making the right calls. Bam is doing an awesome job facilitating the ball. Um, just getting boards, getting lobs. I love Bam. He's so fun to watch. But Caleb Martin, this dude came comes out of nowhere. He's he's just not missing. I love I love this heat culture thing that's going yes. on. So um, I think Kyle has some truth. But if the Celtics get to Game Seven, they win. And make history. And if they get there, they've got so much going for them. I need them to win the championship. But okay. I would not have that much confidence <laughs> in a game seven. Uh, let me let me continue because because uh, Cam brought up Joe Missoula. I definitely have questions about his coaching. I kind of wondered, uh, like, had they gotten swept, would Missoula, Missoula be back? Because they took the interim tag off. They extended him. Um, and it would be un-Celtics-like. For them to just not have that continuity. But at the same time, I do believe he's overmatched. Uh, I believe if you had to ask me right now, I think he comes back and they will like have some veteran assistant coach. Because that's what's also underrated mm-hmm. about the staff is, remember, the whole EMA thing happened like a week before training camp. Right? It was yeah. already going to be a young assistant staff. Their lead assistant is now Utah's head coach. All right? Yeah. And he was... Apparently a big part of last year's success as far as Ime's success and da-da-da-da-da, whatever. Um, I don't, even though Nick Nurse and such is available, I just don't see Missoula getting fired. I think it'll be a veteran staff, whatever. I have a lot of questions about what he does. Uh, My main gripe, you you know, he doesn't call a lot of timeouts, whatever. You said your thing about Tatum, he sits him too long, I agree with that. My biggest thing Grant Williams should have never been shelved the way he was shelved, right? Like, I think he's he does just Absolutely. about exactly what Al Horford does. Like, Grant's such a smart player. He's such a versatile defender. People shit on him a lot. And I got to say, like, it was already embarrassing to be a Celtics fan with them down 3-0. But the most embarrassed I've ever been of the Celtics fan base, Keenan and Kim, mm-hmm. was after game two when Grant was talking shit, getting in Jimmy's face, 
There was dead ass, yo, I'm embarrassed to say this. There were Celtics fans who were like, oh, Grant should have never talked to Jimmy. That's the reason we lost. I'm like, yo, do you see the fucking effort these players are uh, playing with right now? Yeah. Like, I want Grant to be in. I'm like, that's like, how did, like, mm-hmm. I was embarrassed of Celtics fans. Like, we we seen KG, Paul, Rondo, and Ray. Are you kidding me? Like, that's the last thing they would have done is back down yep. from Jimmy. You, That's exactly what you got to do. Jimmy's a dog. You can't be a puppy around mm-hmm. a dog. You got to bite back. That's what Grant did. That's what exactly what this team is missing is fighting him. And Grant, you know, brought it out of him. Granted, we saw none of that in game three. We finally saw it in game four. But I was embarrassed of what I was seeing on Twitter from Celtics fans talking about, oh, Grant Williams is the reason Same. we lost the game. No, we need I more agree. of what Grant Williams brought. Uh, yeah, that was embarrassing. And um, the last thing I'll say about yeah. this team, uh, regardless of what happens, I don't think this team makes it to the final still. Uh, I do think, again, I think we get to a game six. We'll see what happens after that. But um, if there were to be a Jalen trade, because we mentioned the Jalen for AD one, mm-hmm. I think the trade is Jalen Brown for Damian Lillard, because you don't get any of these problems if you got a Damian Lillard on your team. Don't matter who the coach is. Don't matter who is whether Grant Williams is playing or not. Dame Lillard's not going to back down. Dame Lillard's not going to let you fold. Dame Lillard's not no, going to go one for ten much like Tatum was in, you know, a lot of these games where he just shoots himself out of it. Dame's going to have an impact one way or another. And I know he's basically a one-way player. He's not a great defender. But, uh, you know, the problems that the Celtics team's having as far as being soft, as far as not being focused, as far as not being tough, uh, you'd have none of that with Dame Lillard. But uh, So I think that's a possibility. I'd love to see Dame in a Celtics uniform. But uh, we'll see. Who knows? Maybe they do get to the finals. Maybe yeah. they do make history, as Cam says. But I think that's a trade that should be explored from Brad Stevens. All right. So, 17 minutes later, we let, we got it all out. I'm really, <laughs> I'm really glad. I'm so, that, you know, wa- no, this yeah, is what I wanted. So I really wanted I'm you so guys to just go. These, yeah. So embarrassed of these Celtics fans. Can I say one I thing about Jimmy Butler? Same, dude. Can I say I one know, thing? I mean, listen, you guys, listen. I'm giving you guys the entire floor before I take whatever I, I like need it's to not ha- go. I said it like it's just, not. I got nothing after you, Kyle. Too. Just go, go. <laughs> so Jimmy, no, your guys' pod right now. I'm just here. I'm, I'm watching. So Jimmy, he reminds me very much of Jadakiss, the rapper. I'll tell you why. Jadakiss, his whole career, has called okay. himself top five dead or alive. Yeah. And it was kind of like one of those things you're like, all right, like obviously he's not top five dead or alive, but he said it long enough. And even still to this day, I know neither of you, I don't think Cam listens. I know Keenan doesn't listen to Jadakiss. I don't think Cam does, but Jadakiss right now, like a verse, a verse today will be as good of a verse in like 2001 for Jadakiss. Like Jadakiss can rap as well as that anybody. I can attest to because I did listen to his latest freestyle. So I lose listen to some Jadakiss freestyles from here to there. I just don't listen yeah. to too and- much of his music, but. From what I hear, um, for freestyle wise, at least I know his pen seems just as sharp as it. uh, He had this on the leakers, and then he had um, when Ignatian was out, and then he had obviously the 08 BT cipher. He had a freestyle there, and both of them. If you compare both of them, that's like 13 years apart, at least 14, 15, even just as sharp. Jada, Jada will never give you a whack verse ever, Mm -hmm. ever. Loves hip hop to the core, like he's just a hip hop purist. He will never give you a whack verse. Jimmy, how can I not say he's top five dead or alive? Right? Like if you name if you give me five yeah. players 
He's not going to be the first five I think of, but what we're seeing this postseason, um, you know, how he's scoring the ball, how he's playing, the passion that he's playing with. How can I not call him top five dead or alive, right? Yeah, yeah you might you might put Durant, Luka, um, excuse me, I keep hiccuping right They don't have more maybe heart even than a player it, like, so that's all Maybe nope. even a player, that's what I'm saying, like, he's such a pure hooper. I even jokingly called him Jimmy Jeffrey Jordan because he just reminded me of MJ a little bit this postseason just with his fire that he's getting <laughs> Triple at. J. He's, he's been talking all kinds of shit to Drew Holiday, to Grant, to everybody. You will just yell at you. You cannot fucking guard me, blah, 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 blah. Um, he just reminded me so much of Jadakiss because, again, they're not the first ones you would think of when you say top five, dead or alive. But then, you know, you go to the actual production of a Jadakiss, of a Jimmy Butler, and, man, it don't matter if they're the A seed or the one seed. You're in the conference finals with Jimmy. Uh, it don't matter if Jadakiss has got a mixtape. doesn't matter if his albums don't sell the greatest. You're going to get a better verse than, you know, a lot of these higher-selling rappers when you got Jadakiss. So that's my comparison with those two. Um, yeah, I think Jimmy Butler's top five dead are alive, and you can make a lot of arguments against Jimmy, but his production says otherwise right now. Uh, he's, in the, he's in the conference finals for the third time in four years. So... And yeah. uh, just to add to your point a little bit too, um, obviously when you're talking, obviously the names when you think of hip hop today or you think of hip hop like when he was like live, like really, really in it, you would think of possibly Ludacris. I know not in this order at all, but you think of Eminem, Jay Z, and people like people like that, just because they're more popular and whatnot. Not when you're thinking true hip hop, but you know what I mean. Um, my point, my point was saying that if Ludacris an underrated lyricist, by the way, absolutely one of the he's disrespected as a lyricist. Yep. Absolutely. Can I can call um, can I call a quick timeout right before you get to your point? Just because you happen to say Ludacris, stumbled upon. I forgot about the song. It's off his Theater of the Mind album, Ludacris and Lil Wayne. I forget the actual song it is. I can look it up and I can tell you. But Wayne rips that verse, and it's an underrated Wayne verse from that era, because that's that was peak Weezy. I don't fully remember it. I'll have to go back. That Let me theater look, of the mind. Just... The first song that comes to me is uh, "I Do It for Hip Hop" uh, with Jay Z and uh, Nas. It's the first song that comes to my head. But uh, anyways, what I was saying I'll about Jada is obviously you may not think of him, but anytime you see Jada on a track, say if Jada was featured with. Jay-Z, Eminem, I'm just going to throw even rant, like today people, J. Cole, Kendrick Lamar, or whom not, whatever. Jada coming out with the best verse would not be crazy. Like him having the best pen on that song would not be crazy. The same thing, like you have Steph Curry, LeBron James, AD, Nikola Jokic. Jimmy having the best performance or Jimmy playing the best out of all of them is not like shocking but uh, it, you wouldn't fully think it like just a first thing just because he's not the first name that comes up yeah. but him being the best player on that court or best player throughout a series or throughout a playoffs is not like a shocking thing at all that's something he just does so to bolster your point yeah i completely i agree with that comparison yeah two things keenan i know okay. cam wants to make a point uh two yeah. things so that song is called last of a dying breed luda and lil wayne mm-hmm. wayne Rips it. Underrated verse. Um, but then, you know, tomorrow at midnight, new music will be dropping. So I go to this yeah. Twitter page I follow that, you know, tells you what's dropping tomorrow. Right? Dirk's dropping an album. Lil Dirk's dropping an album. Kodak Black's dropping an album. Uh, unreleased XXX Tetsion song's coming out tomorrow. Moneybag mm-hmm. Yo's dropping a mixtape. 
Um, Taylor Swift and Ice Spice are dropping a song tomorrow, apparently. Was not expecting that. That's the last thing I expected. Okay. I don't know what to make of that. <laughs> all right, all right. Swift. Don't know what. Swift. Don't know what to make about that at all. Taylor Spicy. <laughs> that's gonna be either embarrassing or probably embarrassing, just all around. So we'll we'll see. We'll see what that looks like. I thought that was yeah. interesting. My bad for that. No, detour. that's very. No, you're fine. That's very interesting. Music is definitely something we're gonna talk about. There's been some, yeah. a lot of songs that have been coming out lately. J. Cole has been in a lot of them, and I need to talk a, probably like a 25-minute segment on J. Cole and his evolution. Yeah. And then Kendrick and Beyonce dropped a song, which obviously is a masterpiece if it's going to happen. They don't, mm-hmm. You don't have those two on a song and miss. But, all right, Camden, back to basketball, back to your Jimmy <laughs> Butler point. Yeah. You can go on. Yeah, so with Jimmy, he is legitimately – showing up day in day out Mm -hmm. with that just that mentality of i'm gonna win it i'm the best and he he keeps showing that he keeps showing that um and it it blows my mind just how well jimmy and spolstra have meshed it's been really really cool seeing that and i think um i've heard from other people i've talked to that this is not jimmy's prime but i feel like it's got to be Oh, it's got to be Jimmy's prime. And I, the best Jimmy Butler we've right? seen. And he's just been on a, just, that's what I'm saying. It's awesome. And he's just rocking this league. And it's been so cool to see him lead this super, just role player heavy team to where they're been and where they're at now. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> with that in mind, so frustrating to me, the Celtics team, their road to the playoffs this year was insanely easy. You go back on this, they played a seven seed that made the playoffs by beating this team that they're losing to right now. Okay, They played that team, and they lost two games to them. And I brushed those two and off. They, and they, they tried, to, they they tried to lose game six. They sure did. They tried to lose they game sure six. They sure did. Then they go to Philly, and they get the chance to play Philly without – Embiid, and they lose that first game with Embiid not there, and but their road to the playoffs, they should have, in my opinion, swept if not beat the Sixers in five games. They should have beat them. Now, granted, I did pick in our draft the Sixers, and I gotta be winning that thing. To be honest, I've gotta be winning that. But um, then now they're playing an eight seed. They're playing an eight seed, which is full of players that were undrafted. I think their highest pick on the team, if I'm not mistaken, was Kevin Love. If you look at where they've been drafted, was Kevin Love, who's super old, and he is doing nice, not going to lie. But this team is, they don't have Tyler Hero. They're rocking with Max Struess and Gabe Vincent and Caleb Martin, which they is fine. They even got Oladipo. But it's just, we should, be, we should sweep this team. Yeah, yep, yeah. they don't have Oladipo. They don't got Hero. It's tough. So... I think the Celtics need to make some moves. I am I agree with Kyle that I think Dame Lillard would be a good move, but I want more than that. I think we need I think we need to get rid of Smart, we need to get rid of Jalen, and we need to get rid of Robert. And these might be not ideal trades, but I would call Chicago and I would call the Pacers. 
And I want to figure out what I could get from if I'm going to Chicago. I know this might sound crazy. Lonzo, Caruso? what are you doing with that, man? What are your thoughts? I said Lonzo. Lonzo. Lonzo Ball. Caruso um, for Jalen Brown? What are your thoughts on... Not Caruso, no. Jalen <laughs> Brown, I would trade for Lonzo. I would trade for um, Zach Levine and somehow work that out for um, Vooch as well, Vucevic. I would figure that out. I don't know what they're going to work out, but I think that unit coming in with Jason Tatum, give them the house for those guys. That unit with Jason Tatum would be nice. Uh... Same call to, to, to the Pacers. Give me Tyrese. Give me Miles Turner. Let's see what we can do with Tatum. Because this is and another Camden point that has I had. entered the pod. Oh, man. It took about a buck ten. <laughs> People were waiting, like, wait a second. Who is this guy? People Cam- like, where's Cam- Camden where's has Cam's entered the pod, everybody. Where's he is here. Thank That's, the Lord. Those he's, are the two here. that I want. Can we just... I know you think my trades are crazy. Oh, These are my man. thoughts, though. This, I, I'll say I, this. I know. I, I I'll know. say this. And they're not even bad thoughts. It's just Camden's entered the pod. Fine. Okay, there we go. Kyle, I'll say this. The, pace, the Pacers trade's crazy only because the Pacers are never giving up Halliburton, even if it no. is for Jalen Brown. Um, it's true. It's true. I like the Lonzo piece of the trade because I do think we need a true point guard. And, you know, there's a second part of this that I do want to talk about. That's a move. Um would love Lonzo. He might never play again, for all we know. Like that, that knee injury, unfortunately, sounds like I know, way more I know. serious. Um, but in a in a vacuum, yeah, I would take Lonzo for Smart. I think he does a lot of what Smart does. Um, I wouldn't trade Lonzo for guard. Smart. I'm not. I'm no. I'm just saying, if I am the Bulls, I am not taking Marcus Smart for yeah, Lonzo. Ball. It's a pack. I would. Though. Well, I know. I know. I'm just saying. But I would have the Like if you're the. I would have found the Bulls. Well, I mean, I mean in this situation, player, yes. But but Lonzo, I mean, obviously he, health wise, know. yeah. But like, but Lonzo has more potential, and I think Lonzo's a better player. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't take that. No, not me personally. Um, I mean, obviously, that's everything being healthy. Obviously, yeah. right now, I would trade him because like smart plays, Lonzo might not ever play again. I would yeah. take, I would take Dame over the trio you just said though. Vooch, Levine. I think Levine's kind of overrated. Not a big Levine guy, but I would love. I mean, Vooch and Lonzo in a vacuum. I might even take that instead of just Levine. I don't think Levine and Tatum go together well. I don't really like Levine as a defender. Um, but the other route of this, let's say they keep everyone together. I wouldn't mind seeing the Celtics get Chris Paul. I think Chris Paul would fit great on this team. Um, you know, they just need that. And again, Smart, sure. when he wants to be, can be a true point guard. and He can be effective. And I think Smart's been much better than how he looked, especially the second half of the regular season. Uh, he's not. He's still not the defender he was you know, a year ago, two years ago, but he's still more effective. Um, I think he's certainly been better on offense too. But if they kept the band together, I wouldn't mind seeing them getting Chris Paul and just adding him outright or whatever that trade would be. Um, But yeah, all around, they're still disappointing. Um, Jalen especially, he's been horrendous up until last night. Uh, Tatum, he's been up and down. We know that. But Jalen, yeah, he's, he's he's been especially disappointing. But... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So um, now gonna just insert myself into here and uh, talk a little bit of Celtics. Talk a little bit of Heat. Gotta get some Heat love on this. Um, so first thing, while we're talking Celtics, 
I know that like sports media, Twitter life, and everybody's only blaming Joe Mazzula for life and thinks that like that's the only problem because last year they had Udoka and they got to the finals. And this year they're going to lose and possibly we're going to get swept. And now they might lose in five, six, whatever they lose in. Or they could make history, but we don't know. I don't fully agree with that because the same problems that there were last year are still rearing their head this year. And obviously, I don't, I'm not trying to make it sound like Missoula's doing a cool job. He's really not doing a cool job. But we already, but we, we knew a lot of this stuff prior. Like, this isn't like this new stuff. But like, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Though, I would say it's regression, is what I would say it is. From, from, and players? On the Celtics part, absolutely. In co- coaching. And coaching. Oh, yeah, no, it's and definitely. And coaching, but, but also on the players' part. I think. No, that's what I'm getting into. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, agree, I agree with you. Like, I don't but I think. I wouldn't, call it, I wouldn't call it more of the same, though, because they had a habit for blowing. I don't want to say that. They, they definitely blew some leads to, like, the Warriors, right? They were inconsistent against the Warriors, but they would at least hold leads last year. The beginning of the season, we saw them give up a lot of mm-hmm. leads last year. But I thought they would at least hold these. So I've seen regression. I'll let you finish, though. I've seen more regression than more of the same, I would say. Yeah, I mean, regression I, to the first that's kind of what my point was going. I mean, like, they're, they're obviously coaching aspect has taken them down a notch for sure. And I'm not saying that that isn't important because coaching is very important in the league. You see in the difference in teams all the time about coaching really plays a big part in winning games. That's why you have a coach. But Marcus Smart making dumb plays, Jason Tatum not being able to hold on to the ball, Jalen Brown not searching for his shot. Like, I understand that Missoula is not calling plays for him, but again, he's not 14. He is an NBA adult. He it's can the opposite go if of that. With, want. It's the opposite of that, though, with Jalen. Jalen's jacking up just dumb shit. No. What when he does shoot? I feel like he goes like stretches without shooting, and then he'll get into like I need to shoot, and then we'll just shoot a lot. Just shoot like it's just yep. like I just feel like there are sometimes like where IQ you need to. Off. I agree, around. and that and that's not a Missoula thing. Like that, like you're just trying to tell me <sighs> one coach just completely turns your IQ to being bad. Like, yeah, like, I, oh, I have, I have yeah. a bad. That's coach. that's that's where Ime came in though. Was Ime is yes is a yes. tough. He's a tough coach. That so is I, that is where you gotta have discipline could, to knock that shit out. But like, uh, yes. But I mean, if you already have, yeah, I agree with you. I do agree with you. If you knock it out, but I also feel like you have to have some player accountability there. They are the ones on the court. They are the ones but doing that. So if you're gonna have stupid coach, mistakes, that's where coaching comes in, though. That's where coaching comes in is the player accountability. Yeah, but you should have some self accountability. You guys are NBA athletes at the highest of levels. Yeah. I under, I agree with you. That's where coaching comes that's in. That's where Craig Popovich in. does what he does. That's what Steve Kerr does what he does. I get what you're saying, and I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying that it can't just be only on coaching. Like this is a player thing too. No, for sure. Players are. No, it making, is. But I'm players saying. Players are making. I'm saying. That you're yeah. you're 100 right, but I'm saying that's where the coaching comes in, though. Is those little. Uh, nuances, the fine tuning, that respect for Ime as a former player, uh, the fact that he, you know, Brad was a different style of coach. He was a more laid back coach. Ime was not afraid to get in their ear. Not that Brad was, but in a different style, he was like, "Yo, y'all gotta buckle up with this shit." Mm-hmm. And we saw in the second half, it was a it was a night and day team with them in 2022. Uh, night and day since mm-hmm. after the New Year, 
Uh, and that's where you saw. And they respected him. Is the thing. And they respect him. And they don't respect yep. Missoula in the same way. So you are going to see more of a. They don't. I fuck it. If y'all ain't going to do this, I'm just going to go one on one. And that's what we've seen a lot with Jalen this series is him just being like, all right, I'm going to go one on one. I'm going to dribble into three players, this and that. So that's where. I, so I would disagree with you. I think it's not necessarily that Missoula is a bad coach. Clearly, they had some sort of confidence in him. It's nope. just that he doesn't have the respect or the know how or the experience yep. to get that other stuff out of the players. But I get what you're saying though, as in, yeah, the players got to, yeah, you know, I get what you're saying hold too. it together. It's been but there's still a young, there's still a young team though. That's the thing They're, I get what you're saying, but that's, that's a difference though. Tatum, Tatum and Brown ain't Steph and clay. They ain't, they're know, just a level I, below of a, where they were at 25, 26. That's, that's where I'm coming from. That's why like, I'm just disappointed with this team. I think Tatum. I get, I know. And I years, get what you're saying. I really Tatum do, though, but at sometimes the player. No, you're saying, right. Tatum I, at 27, 28, though, I think you, he will have more control over the game. You know, the way Jokic has control over a game, the way Jimmy Butler has more control over a game now. Jimmy Butler didn't have that type of control over a game at 25. Um, Jalen, I don't know if he'll ever have that type of feel for the game. But, yeah, no, I think that is where coaching comes in, where you can – you're gonna to have to rein in your team when it gets sloppy. Joe does not have that yet, or have that respect. Yes, I know, and I agree with you. I believe that that's where that's where some of the regression has come. But I also feel like, again, that you just have to have some self accountability. I guess because even when I was playing in high school, I felt we should have some self accountability, and that's when you're literally playing with teenagers. But like. I don't. But that comes from coaching, I mean, though. Either way, you're coaching. No, no I understand. No, it does, but it also doesn't. It doesn't only just come from coaching. It comes from who you are as a person and what you hold yeah. yourself accountable to. And no, that's it what does, I'm but saying. Also, when but you, it comes from the top too. I believe. I believe. I get it. No, I I am agreeing with what you're saying. But I'm also saying, like, if I was on a court playing like garbage, I should look at myself in the mirror and say, I'm playing like garbage. I am playing for the Celtics, one of the most storied franchises in the entire NBA, in the entire world of sports. Larry Bird, Bill Russell, Bob Cousy, Paul Pierce, KG, like all-time greats have worn this jersey, have played and had these great fans back me. Why am I just doing stupid things? And my response that, to that, that would be, again, and that that is a coach's job to tell you. And if M- Missoula is not doing a good job at that, yes. But if I am a superstar in Jason Tatum, and I've been to the finals, I've been in the playoffs religiously. I think at some point I need to look at myself and say, even if I am younger, I should be able to do this. Here's That's just saying, my man. personal opinion. Here's, Here's what I'm saying, sure. though. You're correct in what you're I saying. I would. One second, one second. That's one of respond to yeah. this, all right? You're 100% right. And that's why I think Tatum at this point, he's a star. He's not a superstar at the level of maybe what Braun, uh, Curry, Dwayne Wade were at 25, 26. Because Tatum doesn't kind of step up to the bill when shit's not going right. Granted, in game six, he did. Had a bad game, stepped up in the last three minutes, whatever, whatever. But my response to that would be, Let's switch the coaches right now. We put Eric Spolster on the Celtics and put Joe Mazzulla on the Heat right now. Uh, all the shit you're seeing with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, I guarantee you it would be nullified if Spolster was their coach. So, yes, we're both correct in saying uh, Tatum should look in the mirror, 
right? Tatum should be better, and he should be able to go. Okay, I'm playing like shit. I gotta do. I gotta switch it up somehow. Uh, I gotta get more out of myself. Yes, of course he does. But this is where the youth comes in, and him just being a level below, like a true superstar. That's where someone like Spolstra or Ime Adoka or a tough coach is gonna take you over the top. Whereas if you put Missoula on the Heat right now, I don't think they're in the conference finals. They probably lose in the first round to the Bucks, regardless if Giannis is there or not. Um, so that's that's where I think the difference is. Yeah, Tatum absolutely has to be more accountable. And that's the kind of the stuff I've been saying on Twitter towards Celtics fans who like are trying to blame it all on Joe, which again, he deserves a lot of the blame. But I believe Tatum deserves, I'm 100% with you, Tatum deserves a lot more blame than he's getting. I don't know what he's getting in the national media, but Tatum and Brown absolutely deserve all the smoke along with Missoula. But if yeah, you give I just, them a, I just don't give, feel like they are getting it as much as they should. Or not like not that they're not getting it. I just feel as if when we're talking about it that they should be talked about just as much as Missoula be. because yes, especially from their as fan Missoula base. is Yeah, no, you're right. And because as, as Missoula is coaching the game, they are literally are playing the game. Like Missoula can't make them shoot the ball. But here's the difference with that too. That's where I'll let Cam say, go ahead, Cam. Yeah. So I would say, like, this. I feel bad for Missoula because the position he was put in is really tough. Mm-hmm. They, like Kyle said, that coaching staff got obliterated. Ime gone. Missoula moves up. Nobody takes his spot. Um, Stoudemire, who I thought was actually going to get the interim job, he's out of there. I think he's coaching at Georgia Tech now. Another guy went to Utah. These things, and they didn't replace any of these dudes. Missoula is a young guy that I think could morph into a really, really great coach. But the players themselves do not respect this man. Literally, when I was at this game, right, you would watch a timeout happen. I would give it 15 seconds of Missoula talking to the the players. Nobody's really listening. Then they're all back on the court. Spo is talking to his players the entire time, drawing something up. When I saw, um, I forget what game it was that um, they were playing the Sixers, and it was they had the chance to win the game with. Um, they called timeout, few seconds left. We had the ball last, and Tatum had the ball and he passes it out to um, Smart. Game five. That whatever play Missoula drew up was trash. Was trash. Oh, it was I don't four. Know Sorry, what it was happened. Four. But my yes. bad. It was four. Okay. Go on. Well, he yeah, didn't even that, drop a play. That they call was they trash. went. That's um, when they had two timeouts in the pocket. That's what I'm saying. He didn't draw up anything. Yep. But that's where Akina's point. He Tatum should have went early. Of, though, oh, I'm just gonna let him play. Th- that, that's yes, what. I that's agree. what I mean. Like those but are the type of things that I'm talking about. But you. You're right, it's though. When you're coaching, talking about like sometimes mentality, like like say you when you were coaching our AAU team, not that we're. Not that we're NBA players or anything like that, but like mm-hmm. obviously I hold myself accountable. Matt Duncan would hold himself accountable. Camden would hold himself accountable. But obviously there are times like in a game where we'd get lax, and you instead of being just sitting there, be like, "Okay, guys, that's fine." You'd be like, "No, guys, we're playing against inferior competition. Why are we playing like garbage?" So no, you're right. That's where a coach comes in and says, "No, we know how you are, but at the same time, I should know that like okay." I'm trying to dribble between double teams right now. That is stupid. I don't. I know how to play the game at this point. I should definitely change how I am playing the game. I don't know. 
So I take it in both senses because I think about it as if I was a player, what I should do. And then I also understand from a coach's aspect, that's something that they have to instill in you. But if it's been instilled in you before, does it just uninstall? Like, do we just delete the app because the coach is gone? Yeah, it's true. In some cases, though. It's true. Listen, Tatum still. I do think that it's more on the players. Yeah. Tatum's still maturing as a player. Him and Jalen both are in the mid-20s. It is key in this maturation process that you have, that you're aligned with your coach, which they are not, which they were with Ime, which at one point they were with Brad Stevens. That's not the case with Joe. Um, that's part of it being an unfortunate situation. Again, though, I don't, to Keenan's point, I don't think Jalen and Jason are as mentally tough as I'm going to compare, like, to Jokic at 25, to Steph, Clay, Draymond. LeBron, all those guys, you know, I think even, and we saw LeBron come up short at, you know, at that age in the playoffs, but mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we saw it in game three, they were all, they were all the ready just to quit. And I think that is whack. Yeah. This coach isn't the greatest and he isn't the smartest, but they are in the conference finals at the same time. They were the two seed at the same time. So Joe's doing enough, right? Yeah. Uh, Cause we've seen teams with a lot of talent completely crater. It's not like they were a five seed. So I think Joe's, mm-hmm. Completely, like if Joe, if they fucking won the ring this year, I would be shocked. You know, I don't think Missoula is yeah. equipped for that. And I think if he happened to keep this yep. job and they get, you know, whoever on their staff, I think three years from now, Missoula might be like Spolstra. I mean, shit, Spolstra wasn't great starting off. You know what I, I mean? He grew, he grew into what he was. Um, but that's something, you know, time will tell. Um, and, you know, Tatum will likely be here for the long haul. I would assume yep. Tatum will definitely be here another three seasons at least. Jalen, that's up in the air. But uh, you know, I think I think Tatum's a lot like Pierce. I think Pierce is more of a dog, but I think, you know, once Tatum gets into his late twenties, we'll see more of him be able to truly take over a game, not just in the scoring realm, and truly have a feel of, okay, now I do gotta get to the rim, three straight possessions here, that type of thing. And I think that's something that would have came quicker, uh, you know, if Eme's still there. So yeah, I think it's twofold. I think what you're saying, Keenan, is not wrong at all. But I think coaching is a big part of, you know, the mental part of the game when it comes to star players. So, yeah, you're not wrong. But I think the coaching is a very important part of that as well. Okay. And so now I get I need to talk about the Heat for a few minutes. I'm <laughs> loving. <laughs> I'm loving the fact that. Speaking of good coaching, if we want to, Eric Spolstra is getting everything out of people like Max Struess, Duncan Robinson, Caleb Martin, Cody Zeller's coming in and playing okay minutes, obviously. You got Jimmy Butler as Jimmy Butler. Bam has been playing aggressive, which is what I've been loving to see. When he when Bam is aggressive, it's like when Jamal Murray on the Nuggets is rolling. Like the Heat become very, very tough to beat because you know what you're getting out of Jimmy. It's just, can we, are we hitting threes, and is Bam going to be aggressive? Those are the two things you're like, okay, now we can really, now they're really rolling. Um, you guys are talking about, obviously, they're still in the hunt, and they still have a chance to win a championship. Clearly, they win the series. They are four games away from it against a, Nug- a Nuggets team that is very well equipped to go win it all. I've been thinking about this for a while. I need the Heat in the offseason to get Fred Van Vliet. He fits the team mm. as perfect as possible, even with the fact that he is undrafted. Like everything about Fred Van yep. Vliet fits the roster. 
if you need, um, you know, I know money wise, I know I've talked about this, I believe, but I know money wise, it might not work. If you had to do a a sign and trade with Tyler Hero and you kept the same roster and you brought Fred Van Vliet in, depending on what Kyle Lowry is doing, you might be able to move off of that too, even though I like him, but he might be just a little old and his money is like 27 million. But I like the there's an ability to make this a nice future, and I understand that these are undrafted pieces, but there are pieces who know exactly who they are. They're not going to play outside themselves. They know their role. You add another piece there, as I've been saying, and as we've Kyle's been saying the same thing for the last four years, and they've still found their way in three conference finals and possibly two NBA finals with a possible chance of winning one. That next star makes them perennial like best team in the East contenders. So that I'm just excited for the future because their team right now is very bright, but also I think there's the ability to make them better for the next like three or four years while Jimmy's still operating at peak level with Bam being young. Yeah. I'm very intrigued by the Miami Heat in their offseason. I said after mm-hmm. they lost to the Hawks in the play-in game um, how it would be a weird offseason for them had they lost totally in the play-ins because of the lack of flexibility they have. Um, Hero's not a great defender, but he is good enough. You know what I mean? So I would have a hard mm-hmm. time believing they would trade Hero for Van Vliet. Granted, I would love Van Vliet on that team as well because of his scoring ability. Van Vliet is one of my favorite players to watch. He's got He's got such a nice game you know what I mean like he's got handle he's got he just knows how to get open and get his own shot uh especially being yes. undersized and not being the most he athletic just, so I I like watching dog. him play he fits everything a champion he just fits everything he culture has he just um I just want Fred Van Vliet that's just what and then I Lowry need. Lowry I know you said getting rid of Lowry but he's weirdly been a big part of where you guys are now like he has oh, such a great feel for the game he's been we wildly good no he's been amazing but that's why yeah. I'm like is it the last run for him like is this like his swan song kind of mm-hmm. run before because he's 37 like but he has been we're, we're not Which, here without Lowry like, there's no way it's true. Which, by he's the way that good back, back to spots. the Celtics Back to the Celtics, not to get on them, but, you know, we talk about Jalen and Jason's feel for the game. If they had a Lowry, that alone, if you have a coach on the floor like a Lowry, like a Chris Paul, that alone negates a lot of the shit we're seeing with Boston. Um, Mm -hmm. But Miami, no. I think, you know, we talked about AAD playing his way out of a trade. I think Bam's done that as well. I thought Bam would be someone that, you know. Yep. May, yeah, maybe he deserved, moved off of. Yep, but exactly. Nice. Like maybe he's someone you want to keep in Miami, but it's like you're not giving up Jimmy and no one else besides Hero has trade value and you value uh, shooting. So it would either be Hero or Bam in that case, and Bam has more value. Uh, and I believe he's there to stay mm-hmm. now, probably for for the long term. Um, I'm loving what I see yep. out of yeah, Bam because uh, he's finally starting wait. to progress as an offensive piece, along it's with being the more fact aggressive. that he's always been. Yes, but yeah, that and that's part of the progression for him was being aggressive and like not just allowing yourself to kind of hide behind Tyler Hero or Jimmy. Like if you have it rolling and you have the matchup, you can be the best player on the floor for a night because defensively you're going to probably be the best defender on the floor 95% of nights because you are very good. Offensively, you have the ability to be like once every like seven or eight games like the best player on the floor, especially yeah. in the regular season, obviously. Playoff, we know Jimmy's time, but 
Yes. I like I like that they're using him in the screen and role more, using his athleticism and not yes. just letting him work. He can the pass high post. too. His passing yeah, has almost blown my mind. He can pass too. He's got some yeah. Draymond to him for sure. Skilled big. He's nice. I think I like I like yeah. that spin move dunk he had on Jalen the other night. It's interesting. Yeah. You're good. It's it's interesting to me this whole We've seen, especially with the the teams that are probably going to go to the finals, we already have one. It's with Jokic, the skilled big that stretches the floor in a way that makes that team low-key, if I think about it, a better shooting team than last year's Warriors because all five of those dudes on the court can hit threes. Mm-hmm. All five of them can hit threes. Kevon Looney is not shooting threes. You know what I mean? In college, Bam. he was he, he had some game in sure. college. I'm surprised that his game changed so much. Like Kyle yeah. sent me a clip of him like looking like a young KD <laughs> in college. I was like, wait, where did this Baby go? KD. Like, why does he even yep. he doesn't even look for a 15 footer at this point? When yep. before it was off the I bounce, guess it's because but, of his hip mm-hmm. injury. Street yeah, because of then, hip injury. Yeah, surgery. But anyway, go on. Yeah, but. It's this whole, like, Bam plays such a huge role, just like AD might, in terms of if he's got his game going offensively and with his defensive presence, it automatically makes your team so much better than any other team that you're playing against. And sadly, I think that's what the Celtics are missing out the most because Rob's playing 25 minutes. And Rob needs to be playing more minutes than that. And I think... Every team that wants to win now needs a, a skilled, versatile big. We've seen it with our MVPs. Our MVPs recently have been Jokic, Embiid, and Giannis, which I would call a skilled big or yeah. a, not a center, but he's a skilled big, um, which is different than the Steph and Curry era. And, it's very different and, than and that. Even but then, cool. And even then, it's kind of the same because if you want, there were just a smaller version. Draymond is like their skilled big. Yeah. He can pass. He like in like prime uh, Draymond, he could make big shots when yeah. he, he can still make a big shot or two, but like. He wasn't a. Sh- he would look for a shot in like 15, 16. He shot forty percent mm-hmm. from three that year, but like so, like even to your to your point, like the last champions, they've had that versatile big who can do a little bit of everything. But these bigs can shoot better. Minus Giannis, yep. go on. Yeah, I just think that right now in today's game, and like you said, even then, that might be the most important piece in winning a championship and developing one of them yeah a team Definitely. if you like Jokic is special Jokic is special of in course. which he's unreal but if you could develop that Bam and Jimmy thing somewhere or anywhere that just like you get a big that's versatile Nikola Jovic can guard guard your best players sometimes and own the paint yeah but could also score and then you have another guard that can really score or is scoring dominant mm-hmm. i i think that's the call for what the future is and i'm really excited about this it's, skilled big slash it's kind of weird because it's like almost like a 360 of how you had to win before you had to have a big you had to have a guard but also like this big just like a different version of a big and as i've mm-hmm. said i said it like a while ago that i think that bam could be about 85 percent of like and like peak Bam could be like eighty five percent ish of peak Anthony Davis, 
as well. I was saying that before, just because I feel he can do a little bit of everything. Obviously, he doesn't have the touch AD does. He doesn't have the scoring prowess AD does. I'm never. I would. He just doesn't have it, and that's yeah. fine. And he doesn't have as much of the ranginess just because he doesn't have as much length as Anthony Davis does. Like he, Anthony Davis really has like generational defender ability mm-hmm. where Bam has like all NBA first team level defense where there's just yep. a little bit of a difference between that. But yeah, I, Bam I agree a with little what more you're saying. Bam you know, I, I could see that too. He runs the high post I could, with a little more, ability, I could see though. that too. More, more pick and roll ability. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's weird because better I think touch. Compare him. Yeah, I mean, people used yeah. to compare him to uh, Dwight Howard back in the day too. You know, um, I, I think it was just because he caught explosive. a lot of lobs at Kentucky. I really yeah. do. Yep. I was and pumped like when they got him at ten. Or believe I'm it glad 10. they got. I'm glad they're featuring again him more at the, the as a lob threat because I think that fits his game mm-hmm. more yep. than dumping it to him, let him do one or two dribbles into the paint because he weirdly doesn't use his body. Like yeah, he's got a big frame. High. He doesn't. He has a big frame, but he doesn't like use it and like try to get to the line with it. Which maybe that'll come in years. Mm. He's still young. He's still mid twenties too. So, um, yeah. but yeah, it's interesting with him because I, I have been to games where he's playing and it's just like he doesn't want to shoot, even if he's two feet from the rim. You know what I mean? He doesn't want to go up and dunk it. So seeing him in the pick and roll spot, I think is very beneficial. And providing that the Heat go to the finals, I am. That's like number one on my list is the matchup between. Bam and Jokic. I cannot wait to see it. And let's just say, yeah. I don't want to get way too far ahead here, but Cam kind of alluded to it. Um, like we saw, it's very much like the NFL. It's a copycat league. And we saw once the Warriors won, the league completely flipped. Like it, you need shooters at every position, blah, blah, blah. And uh, like Cam said, I think yep. we're going to see a lot of people try to build from the center position if they win. And it's not going to be replica- replicable. Uh, Jokic is a one of one. And Keenan, you're completely right though. They got something with Jovic. They got a steal with Jovic in the Miami Heat. Uh, he's gonna. He's only 19, mm-hmm. maybe 20 now. He's eventually gonna be a problem. So they already got that. Already solved some of their uh, talent yes. issues, especially if they keep Bam and Jimmy and even Hero three years from now. Uh, he should be, you know, a quality player by then. Who knows? Maybe he gets minutes next year too. But um, you know, it's not gonna be easy to replicate. Jokic's game across the league and I think that's what's going to happen is you're going to see a lot of these Euro centers which this happened once upon a time in the early 2000s where they would just mm-hmm. you know go high because of Dirk and such and such and a lot of them were busts and uh you know the Euro scouting I mean, is much but better But the good now, ones you had but, Dirk, you had Pau, you had Marcus All like the the bigs yeah. the bigs that had legitimate like guardish like skills when they're when it's talking about like the passing ability the shooting touch obviously they didn't have like the full ball handling skills but as a big they had very solid ball handling skills as well and with Jokic it's crazy because like he's not fast but he moves on the break like it's kind of funny watching him just like Mm. go up the court because he's like it's like it's Kyle Anderson too like they're just slow motion but they're actually like act um good and doing well when they're leading the break it's like okay and well, i mean kyle anderson's obviously a wing compared to Jokic, who's a true center but mm-hmm. yeah and then as, as as you kyle said i just want to fully state it here as kyle said Jokic is pretty much cementing himself as the best player in the league i mean obviously Absolutely. you can have a little bit of argument like if someone's like hey steph or hey Giannis, cool like you could have those conversations 
the conversation again is dead between the best center in the league. Like Embiid's two, that's dead. Like yep. I don't want to hear the conversation as of right now. We might Absolutely be able to not. reopen it or lay later on if Embiid takes that little bit of a next step, doesn't fade away in bigger spots, and actually can really dominate the game, doesn't fade Two away from the basket too much. Seven. Yeah, absolutely. Like, if that doesn't happen, yeah. that can't happen. Like, Jokic is a smaller body than Embiid. Embiid's a massive just guy. He's, like, we, I mean, Kyle and I saw him live walking by us in the tunnel. He's just a massive guy. Yeah. There's no reason why it can't be post two dribble fadeaway or two dribble drop step to a like a power layup or dunk like often. I just don't get why he settles for threes too much. Like Jokic will Jokic will be standing at the three point line wide open and not shoot it unless it's in rhythm or unless he has to go with his dirk one legged fadeaway <laughs> at the end of the shot clock. Yeah. But yeah, no, I don't want to hear. The the best big man in the league is Jokic. The best player in the league is Jokic. That one can be more of a debate, but I'm not. There's no Today, question. it's him. Yeah. I was going to say, you can't question anybody who says it anymore, as you could have a couple mm-hmm. of years back. He's finally been like, you know what, this is mine. I'm just going to take it and run it, set it next to my uh, two MVP trophies. Yeah. I don't want to harken back to our Celtics debate over the coaching Versus like what's in you as a player, but mm-hmm. bringing up Embiid and his two second half points uh, in that game seven, um, yeah, I think it's interesting because here's someone in Embiid who has gone through now Ben Simmons, um, Jimmy Butler. He's gone through now James Harden, who apparently Harden. will be back. Who knows? And uh, he's been through. Also, Brett Brown and now Doc. And Doc was brought there. I know Doc gets a lot of flack, but I don't think he should be blamed for what happened to Philly in the playoffs. And Doc's well, someone who's very He shouldn't much- have got fired, dude. This right. Coach firing, but yeah. Again, that's and, in it. Like, as I was talking about with the players before you go deep into it, like that's just what I'm talking about. Like, like He has to have some accountability. He's been in the league long enough to where he's been in the league like seven years now. Like, come, It's about that time. And but here's where he's at a different point. Here's where he's at a different point than Tatum. And again, I still think Tatum and Brown deserve much blame for this series in the playoffs. But the difference with Embiid is we've heard throughout his career that it was Simmons' fault. It was this player's fault. It was this coach's fault. It was this front office's fault, blah, 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 blah. And now, and last year, like, cried about not getting the fucking MVP about Jokic getting the MVP. This year he gets it, and it's well-deserved. And then he just flat-out doesn't show up in the playoffs. I mentioned Keenan last podcast we were together about how I knew they were going to lose Game 7 because they Mm -hmm. missed a shot in Game 6 when they were down 5 in a winnable game still, and he just shrunk his shoulders. Like So with him, he either is going to get it later in his career or he's never going to get it because Doc's someone who is going to keep it 1,000 with you. That's someone who coached KG, Paul... Blake Griffin, Chris Paul, like he's someone who's going to talk to his players and let them know. And if he can't get through to Embiid, what is going to happen there? Because it feels like Philly has enabled him as an organization and been like, okay, yeah, Doc's a problem. And to Camden's point about him not deserving to get fired, it sounded like, and who knows if any of this is true, but it sounded like Embiid wanted Doc back. Um, 
Harden did not want Doc back, and they fired Harden Doc. And, they, and Philly and Philly was gonna bring Doc back by the sounds of it, and Harden didn't want him back. So it sounds like maybe Harden's gonna come back. Doc obviously is not. Who knows who they're gonna get as a coach? But man, I think Harden is detrimental to James uh, to Joel Embiid because I think Embiid's a phenomenal that, talent. I, I love Jordan watching him play. Is detrimental to winning. <laughs> exactly, exactly my point. <laughs> Exactly my point, like, and it's gonna yeah. be. Like a, I don't, I don't think any of the three of us would be surprised though if Embiid acts out from Philly here, like in a year or two. Uh, oh. So that would be very yeah. interesting to see where he would go and like what that market would look like and what next season is gonna look like after such an embarrassing ending for Embiid. Put him in a C's jersey, <laughs> right? I wouldn't, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate it. It might add to our problems as far as being soft, but I. Do love and beats game. I can't lie. Maybe your talent. Maybe the talent would be so good that being soft wouldn't matter because, like, you'd have Tatum, who's more reserved. You'd have if um, you'd have to probably you wouldn't be able to have Jalen Brown because of the nope. new CBA. But so you'd have Jalen, you'd have Jason Tatum and Embiid, who are both like reserved guys who can be on the softer side. Less Tatum, obviously, he's just more reserved than Embiid, who can be soft. So it'd be really interesting. You'd need to get like. Chris Paul. I mean, obviously not at that point, but like you would need to get a Chris Paul level like type point guard who is older, who will look at them both and say, "You are bums. You need to work better." Nope. <laughs> like Chris Paul is not afraid to say that, or a coach like a like like Steve Kerr, like Greg Popovich, who will look at you and just say, "Hey, bring Doc back." No, <laughs> like whatever yep. this is that you guys are doing, no, <laughs> fix it. So, but yeah, that'd be fun to see. Definitely. It would be. Um, it's getting late here. I've got questions that I yeah. want to ask y'all for next time because we got plenty and we'll definitely be meeting before the finals because the final, I think game one's next Thursday. Yeah. So I want to talk, I need to talk sure. about Kevin Durant at some point and how he ended his yep. season and things going forward with my guy, Kevin. But can, interesting. I, yeah. So let me ask y'all, Mello retired on Tuesday. Uh, he he is one of the pivotal players of the last era from the 2000s into the 2010s. Um, mm-hmm. For sure. He's, he's equally as respected as he is disrespected. I opened mm-hmm. with saying he's one of my favorite players. So, you know, I might have a higher vision of him. Like, I truly believe he could have been a number one on a championship team had you surrounded him with the right team. Others might say, hey, we saw his whole prime. Uh, he was never a championship player. I don't believe that. I believe if you surround him with the right team, similar to Dirk Nowitzki, you can get a ring there. Uh, that being said, him being in all three of our lives for you know 19 seasons, right? Uh, much of mm-hmm. all of your lifetimes, basically, and mine, most of my lifetime. Uh, give me, yeah. off the top of your guys' head, what's your favorite Carmelo Anthony moment? Whether it's a play, what a, you know, whatever. Um. I've got a couple, but Cam, you go first because I'll make, I can go with a different one if you have mine. Yep. Um, thinking of his game where he broke sixty, I think. What do you have? Sixty-three, I think. Mm. Hitting those big shots. Um, I just remember those two threes that he hit right at the end of that game. Just huge shots. Um, so I think Knicks him. Big point game. Sixty. What did he have? Sixty-three. Was that how much he had? It was 60-something. Do you know what game I'm talking about? Against the Bobcats, he had like 
at the garden. It was like 60 something points. Might have been and he 60. hit two huge threes right at the end. Huge that one was threes. against the Bulls. No, that was the, that was against the. Oh, he had 62 against. Oh a, yes, he, he, he had 62, and then the that's that's one of my favorite ones. He had the. Okay. The, he hit the game tying from the same spot. He hit the game tying three yes. to go to overtime. I believe that was over Joakim Noah, and then he hit the game winning three over Luau Dang, in the same yep. spot. And that one, that was one. That's one of my favorite mellow moments. That game was one of my favorite mellow games because in the beginning of it, he actually he let the game come to him. He was looking to facilitate early on, like he had like three or four assists yep. in the first quarter. So that like I showed that I was like, okay, he actually can pass more than people know. And then like he wasn't holding the ball. Like his decisions weren't like five jab steps and then get into it. It was like. I'm getting the ball. I know what moves I want to get to. I'm getting to my spots. And it was mm-hmm. one of the best games I've seen Mello ever play. So that was that's one of my favorite moments. The other one is yep. I can't remember over what Utah Jazz player Kyle remember Mil-Sat. who, but his punch Mil-Sat. in oh, Mil- Paul oh, Millsap, I think it was 08. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, oh, buddy. <laughs> he, he took flight, and it was – Literally the highest I've ever seen Mello jump in my entire life because obviously he's not known for his bounce, but young Mello could get up, and <laughs> he took flight on Paul Millsap. That's one of my favorite. That's one of my favorite Nuggets Mello moments. That's one of the plays I was gonna mention, not just yeah. because of the dunk, yeah. but because I think it's Millsap who threw the original pass. It's one of the worst passes I've ever seen. Like even if <laughs> Mello, really even if Mello wasn't like the nearest <laughs> so defender. If Melo wasn't the nearest so defender, like I think, even if someone was like in the middle of the floor, they could have stole that ball because he just like threw it up, and then Melo was like, "All right, pick six, and then yammed it back on Millsap. Like he got what he deserved there. So that's probably my favorite Nuggets Melo play, actually. And he had a nice pass against the Blazers, I think, once where it was like a left-handed like spin pass. He kind of thread the needle. Yeah. No, that was. No, that was such a. I'm watching it right now. That was such a bad pass. I was just gonna go into the first like, row. Yeah, right. And then Mello. I was gonna say Mello's just. Uh, that was oh nine tip off, and uh, <laughs> it was so bad. Terrible pass. What was he passing to? He's passing to the coach. <laughs> just okay. I don't want to be here anyway. So uh, Paul Melsap deserved every bit of punch he got there, but. Yeah, and then the last thing about Melo that I wanted to mention was I liked the end of his career. I liked how mm. he began, um, even though it was like that weird tough time when he was in like Portland, and then like knowing he couldn't find his way onto a roster and actually like get minutes, which was weird because obviously we knew Melo was an NBA basketball player at that kind of level, and then when he found himself in a legitimate bench role. And I found himself as that spot-up shooter who can get hot and make some plays here. I like that uh, version of Mello as well. It really kind of – it left you with a good taste of Mello in your mouth rather than pause. Uh, rather than uh, just, like, remembering, like, him trying to fight for a position on a court. It was nice to see him finally get his – like, to actually play basketball again. Yeah. And shout-out to Olympic Mello. Yeah. I'm also trying to remember – it might have been the 0809 season when Mello went to the conference finals on the Nuggets mm-hmm. playing against 
Kobe, mm-hmm. and he like matched Kobe straight up. I think they both had forty or something, and I think Kobe ended up winning that game. Game, I think it was game one. I might, but I remember him just having an awesome game. And um, it was the season, I think it was 08-09 when he did this, and they traded for, he was playing with Chauncey Billups because they traded Iverson that year yeah. to, um, they traded Iverson to Detroit that year for Chauncey Billups. Yeah, I think he had like 39 in that game as well, that game one in the Western Conference Final. Yes, um, he, like, are you looking at it now? Kobe. No, I'm no, trying to remember. No, you're actually right. He had 39. He went was 14 I? to 20. Yeah, he had 39, there 6, and see, 4. I, I remember seeing that game. Yep. Went 14 to 20. Kobe had 42. I think had 40 Kobe had 46 and 4. Kobe had 46 and 4, went 13 to 28. It was Absolutely. game that's one, great, and they won 105, 103. Keenan's kind yeah. of froze up. Yep, it really is. I remember that one being awesome. I was just going to say that. I was like, something froze up, but I can't see you, and Keenan's gone. So. <laughs> Keenan's, like, Keenan's like Draymond at that, pre- but, um, uh, that press yeah, conference for me I've... right now. He's just stuck in one spot. <laughs> yep. There we Hi. go. There's Kat. There, there he is. <laughs> no, He's okay, back. so we, we can end my internet. We thought you were actually frozen <laughs> in time. <laughs> First of all, sorry for the technical difficulties. Welcome back, Keenan. Welcome back from the dead. Um, to respond to both of you, Keenan, you mentioned the end of Melo's career. It was great to see him in a Blazers uniform um, and in a different role, and he handled that role well. Uh, it was disappointing only because I believe he could have not only played this season, but played at a quality level, like been a spot-up shooter somewhere, been an eighth man somewhere. Um, we even saw him play defense on Portland. I just I think we see it with players um, like Westbrook. Yep. Mello, people were saying how Mello wasn't willing to take a role, and he clearly did. And then he wasn't able to go out in his terms this past year, it seems like. And, you know, as a Mello fan, that kind of hurt to see. And I just mm-hmm. don't really understand it because even his teammates will tell you he's, like, the utmost professional. Like, they don't understand the rap he gets, da-da-da-da-da. Go to Cam to talk about that 9 Lakers series. Go watch the highlights of that because it is a weirdly physical series. Like, all the highlights of that, you'll see, like, Melo, Kmart, yep. Kobe, Gasol, Lamar Odom. It's all just them, like, banging down low, like, fighting for rebounds, second-chance shots. Like, everything's 15 feet and in. And that's, you know, years after the Great 80s basketball. and 90s. Yeah, it's years after yeah. the 80s and 90s where you picture that being pure mid-range. But they're playing literally from, like, the top of the key in and it's just like physical you know it's uh it's pretty intriguing mm-hmm. highlights to see especially because it's not that long ago i mean 14 years ago it is long ago but it's not at the same time you know what i mean um and then on top of that yeah um well let me just say i'll say my favorite moments of Melo's career um a lot of them come off the court um y'all might have seen my story yesterday there's that iconic photo of him Looking at Rihanna, uh, you know, Rihanna's the baddest woman on the planet. All of us would look at Rihanna like that. But it's an iconic, hilarious photo of Melo. Um, there's that video of, I believe, Jimmy Butler and Kyrie, right? Singing a thousand miles on the Team USA bus. Isn't that who it is? Mm-hmm. It's definitely Jimmy Butler. And they panned yeah. to Melo and he's like, couldn't, he gave, he gave them Butler, the same I look. It, I think so. Yeah, I think it was Jimmy and Kyrie. Melo's giving them the same look, Keenan, that I give you when you're singing your fucking bullshit-ass songs. Like, when no one wants to hear it, and you'll be singing some, like, 
2000s pop song gave them the same exact look like i identified so much with that um he's got i think there's an interview where like someone dumps water on him he's like ah motherfucking shit like like why is that your reaction bello like he just got so many (laughs) funny moments off the court my favorite mellow moment though off the court it's my twitter header it's about it's some knicks fan which by the way knicks mellow is probably my favorite era of mellow second being the nuggets um but some knicks fan talking about like he's just talking shit to mellow being like i don't know why i root for you da 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 and mellow replies and this is the greatest twitter response of all time arguably he said nobody asked your glaze your glazed donut face ass to root for me anyway uh you can't get much more disrespectful than calling someone glazed donut face ass and i want to incorporate that in my everyday life because like where does that even come from how do you even have a glazed donut face ass? Like, you got to be an ugly motherfucker to look like a glazed donut face ass. Or you just got to have a crazy face in general. So that's my all-time favorite Carmelo moment. Um, and I want to say, how I'll remember Carmelo, though, he's weirdly become an underrated offensive player. I don't think we've seen many players with his size and speed at the small forward slash power forward position. Uh, he can get his jumper off on anybody. I think he's got one of the all-time prettiest jump shots I've ever seen, if not number one. Um, his mid-range game is up there with you know some of the greats, whether it's Kobe, Michael, uh, Durant, mm-hmm. Dirk. Maybe not as knocked down, but you could count on it. Um, and I always think like if you compare him to someone like Paul Pierce, I think he's a better player than Paul Pierce all around. But I think Paul Pierce is more of a winning player, which is weird. But I also think if you put Melo on those Celtics teams, Melo probably wins rings in Pierce's spot. Um, but that's that's a debate for another day. But overall, I think yeah. Melo is a weirdly yeah. underrated player. Some might even call him overrated. But, you know, he was weirdly a superstar in our era or in that era, even though he didn't have the Kobe, Dwayne Wade, LeBron James accolades. But for some reason... He carried himself, and we held him to a superstar regard, much like, you know, he didn't even have the accomplishments of a Chris Paul. So I think that does speak to Melo's talent. He's kind of dame. Kind of, right? Mm. That's a good like comparison. If you want to compare it to today, it's kind of dame. Dame doesn't right? have the Steph Curry, obviously, Braun, obviously, like Giannis, uh, Jokic accolades, but he carries himself like a superstar, one of the greatest scorers of our generation. So it's... It's kind of like Dame. I mean, obviously a different player, but like each been to one conference kind of finals. Way he carries himself. Absolutely, I like that comp. Facts. No, congrats on a career, Melo, for sure. Y'all good though. Uh yeah, we're great. I'm great. I know. As I say, That's Camden needs to go. Longer. Steph Curry night night. Yeah, so damn, it's past uh, Teach the kids tomorrow. Teach. Teach him about some uh, Leon Bridges and some. Uh, <laughs> he might he might teach him. I uh, he might go Stevie Wonder. I don't we'll know what he's teaching what tomorrow is. Wait, on that topic and since we talked about music, before we go, each of you give me one song that's in your rotation right now. What's in my rotation musically? Just one song. One song that's been um, in your rotation the last couple weeks, month. Um, so I'm going to shout out this song. Uh, 
to Summer from Cole, Audio Hug. It just came out off Summer Walker's EP. Mm. Told you I was listening to that. I was going to say, really, that all my life with J. Cole, and then American has a pro- America has a problem. I know you said one, but there's three. It's Beyonce and Kendrick, mm. by the way. Um, I'll go with, I was listening to, I'll uh, post this song, Post Malone, Morning. I like that Morning? song. Morning? Yeah. yeah. It's a good song. Yeah. One that's been in rotation for me, Striker Music. You got- T Grizzly and Skrilla Baby. I think it's kind of like a collab album between the two, but that's probably been in rotation for me the most. And I know I, I know I myself said one, but I'm going to give you two right here. Uh, I'm su- surprisingly love mm-hmm. this verse. You won't be able to guess this. So it's MVP, it's A Boogie and G Easy, and I'm shocked to say this. G Easy kind of fucking rips it. Like I actually really love his verse. Uh, it's almost guaranteed to be on either 2K or Madden, if not both. It's like made for like sounds like it's made for either warm ups or video games or both. But G Easy kind of fucking rips it. It's a it's a sentence I never thought I would say, but he really does. Y'all might have to give it a listen. Um, but listen, this was the Warner Brothers oh, podcast. Check that one out for sure, for sure. This was the Warner Brothers podcast. We will be back next week previewing the NBA Finals with much more NBA conversation. I know I got some Wemby questions for y'all, uh, among other things. By the way, Celtics eight point favorite tomorrow, minus three hundred money line. Surprise, it's that high. That's kind of heat disrespect. That's giving the Celtics a little bit too much respect, I think. But hey, either way, that's a Castro cash pick. Uh, we will be back next week once again. A lot of good music dropping this week. Blah, 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 blah. We'll be back to talk about it all next week. Keenan, Cam, thank you very much. Like, follow, subscribe, Warner Brothers Podcast. We are out of here. Have a good night, fellas. <laughs>